The Pound Perspective has made its return. It's been a long time coming, but we are back, and it is CDM here. Red had a little bit of a technical issue with his camera, so he could not make it, but we promise Red will be back on the pod very, very soon. Co-host of College Kings joins us on The Pound Perspective from here on out. CDM, how we doing? How was your NFL weekend as we lead into championship weekend in the league, brother? It went good, man. I brought my pound. You know, I brought yes. my pooch. This is Lady May. She's awesome. Okay, that's your star appearance. You can get down now because you're crushing me. That was her 15 seconds of fame. 15 seconds of fame. 15 seconds of fame is all you need. So, uh, <laughs> uh, this this weekend was insane, man. I mean, the games were outstanding. Everything about them was great. Um, oh, okay, just a second. Yeah. We're good. Um, I mean, the games were just... Outstanding. This has been my favorite playoff season so far with the teams that they selected, the teams that made it. Um, Texans came in with they they went they exceeded expectations. Mm. They made it a fun run for the playoffs, but Ravens ultimately got it done. Pack the Packers almost take 49ers all the way down to the wire, but Brock Purdy in the two minute drill gets them down there and able to win the game. Um, Buccaneers, Buccaneers and Lions, man. I mean, that was probably my favorite game all week uh, leading up to it. I loved Baker Mayfield going into the season, and uh, the way he finished out the season was super awesome. But to see Detroit after 32 years finally going back to an NFC championship is amazing. I love it. And then to wrap it all up, cinema, it would be Kansas City versus Buffalo. Came down to a kick, man. Came down to one kick that couldn't get them there, but a great game. Great games all around, man, and I can't wait. We got two more. Got two more games, man. Two, two more, games. more games, man. Y- you ain't kidding, dude. I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. What a season we've had so far, and you know, with with you know, there were some blowouts last week in the playoffs, and like we've said, it's been a long time since we've been on the pound perspective, been able to talk about these awesome things going around the NFL. It was one of the craziest seasons of all time, man. I mean, a lot of storylines and. A lot of controversy, but that's every single season. Injuries and you know teams that missed out just by that much. You know I'm wearing, I'm repping, repping the South. Even though you know we we were not even close. There, hey, there, there, y'all are got knocked out in the first round, man. It's it's the season. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful slash painful experience with the NFL. And you know we were College Kings. Obviously, that's what we've been working on. If you haven't, you know, paid attention, go out there check out College Kings on Nate Doug Productions uh, YouTube and obviously on podcast platforms, but. Man, I mean, to be able to get back and talk about this unbelievable sport. I mean, this weekend, this weekend showed how awesome the NFL truly is. Like, I there's 40 million people watching these games pretty much consistently. I mean, it it is the biggest sport in America. I think it's the greatest sport on the planet. A lot of people will say soccer or the the actual football. But, um, you know, I just think American football is the greatest thing on the planet. And the NFL, it shows how awesome it can be in moments like this. I mean, every single game, you know, even though the Baltimore, it looked, the scoreboard looks like they dominated. That first half was incredible. It was an entirely different game in the second half. And then, you know, the 49ers to survive with the Packers, you know, play with house money, it felt like. And then once they get to this game and leading in the fourth quarter, it wasn't house money anymore. It was – they had – Super Bowl aspirations for a second there. So, um, you know, to see the 49ers pull that off with Brock Purdy doing his thing and and then, you know, I mean, the Lions, I mean, that storyline, golly, you know, watching those fans. Man. I'm loving oh, it. 
I mean, watching those fans do their thing and Dan Campbell at the helm with his personality, it's it's crazy. It's a beautiful thing. I wish Detroit was hosting the NFC Championship oh. game, dude, because that stadium is rocking every time. They're, every playoff game they've had so far, the two playoff games they've mm. had, it's been louder and louder. You ain't kidding, dude. I mean, this is incredible what we've got to witness with the Lions and their their rise to 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 greatness, if you could say, this season, and you know, and them being one game away from a Super Bowl, first time they could ever make a Super Bowl, not even win, just to be one in one. Yeah, I mean, just to be in one would it's be the first time me and you have ever seen it, dude. It's, they're the worst franchise of all time in the NFL, man, and we get to finally see them. Be now good. it's the Jets. Oh. Mm. Mm, Jets, mm. Browns are up there. They're they're pretty. They've been pretty bad. Yeah, they made the playoffs. And they did. They did. So, um, but with Joe Flacco, Joey B, no, not yeah, Joe Flacco, mm. Joey, Joey Flack. Yep. So, um, but obviously, and then in the night with the Chiefs and the Bills, cinema, absolute, just absolute cinema, mm-hmm. perfect, beautiful football. Every single time those guys play, I mean, uh, Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes is the new greatest rivalry in the NFL. So. We're going to be talking about Peyton all Manning, that, man. Tom Brady type it, deal. Literally, literally. It is literally that. So we'll be talking about all that, recapping these games, giving you all our thoughts on some big questions coming out of those games as well. And we're going to be looking at some coaches being hired and fired, breaking in to the pound perspective pretty much right before we started. Brian Callen will be going to the Tennessee Titans, offensive coordinator for the Bengals. We'll be giving our thoughts on that. Yes, yes. Good hire. Love good hire man. for the Titans, you know, getting a young guy. I like it. You know, that offense has shown to be pretty dang good over the last few years with Joey B at the helm. Can Will Levis and the boys, you know, keep maybe maybe keep Derrick Henry? I don't think that's a possibility with, you know, how he exited, you know, the last game and stuff. But, um, yeah, man, this is what a hire for them. So we're going to talk about that and obviously some, you know, questions coming out of, you know, all these games, teams losing in the playoffs. Are we going to fire these coaches that have to make the playoffs? And there's some guys that we'll talk about there. And we'll, we'll also give some – landing spot predictions and then we'll be giving you all the preview to the nfl draft pod that will be dropping college kings slash the down perspective draft pod will be coming soon after the nfl season wraps up will be me cdm and red giving you all our thoughts mock drafts and everything so obviously keep an eye out for that we'll be talking about a little bit of a super early top five picks in this upcoming draft and then of course game predictions all right that's enough Enough groundwork. Everyone knows what we do here. Let's get this thing rolling. The Pound Perspective episode 44 has begun, brother. And it, there's only one way to start this. It is with good vibes, like those Ravens had after the game. Their good vibes were immaculate, just immaculate vibes after a oh, dude, you, massive win, dude. Uh, oh, big win. You know, John, uh, mm. is it John? Yeah, it's John. John yep. getting out there. I saw a video of him in the locker room dancing, oh, yeah. living his best life, man. I mean, these hardball boys, they don't know what losing's about that lot, uh, a lot lately. They don't know that. Yeah, let's say, um, let's look at those moves, man. Look at, let's look, look at these some of these moves that the, the coaches had check here. Check them out. Look at this. Uh, uh. Oh, Carson, what, what are your thoughts on those dance moves right there? Stick to coaching. <laughs> Absolutely, stick to coaching. <laughs> you know, you don't like the coaches' moves. Hey, here? but the vibe. Hey, but the vibes are there, man. The vibes, vibes are there. I mean, you do. Oh, here comes John. Look here at comes John, boy. Look John, look at oh, that. Whip, whip it, whip uh, it, uh, whip it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Dude, you know that. Get it, John. Fired. 
Put in Zay. Put in the rookie. Oh, get Zay right there. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Stick to play. Okay. Stick to- <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. That's But so no, funny, man. man. This this Ravens team, like, the first half was amazing. The first half, 10 to 10 at halftime, insane. Because, I mean, right. I mean, the Texans came out on five. The Texans came out with something to prove. Obviously, they they went above expectations, what everybody was thinking. Everybody didn't think they were going to be making the playoffs this year, more or less being, uh, you know, divisional winners or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but they held the Ravens in check on the offense on, on that little, uh, sorry. They held the Ravens offense in check. They kept them down. They didn't really let Lamar Jackson get out of the, get out that much. But then that second half came around, and next thing you know, I, I there was a f- switch flip, dude. I don't know what was said. Lamar Jackson came out in his post game press conference and said, "You know, there was a lot of cursing. I can't say it right here because it'd be inappropriate, but there was a lot of cursing in the in, during the halftime in the locker room." Yep. And, and next thing you know, there is just a switch flipped, and they were just on fire nonstop. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson, Zay, uh, Zay Flowers, Isaiah Likely, guys like those that just came out and just kept going downfield, pushing and pushing and pushing. And then Jim John Harbaugh, being the coach that he is, calling up the right plays, the right coverages on defense, and, and shutting down that Texans offense as well. But uh, I will applaud C.J. Stroud, DeMarco Murray as well. They, I mean, as I said, they exceeded expectations uh, on where the Texans were probably going to be this year. I've never seen – I haven't seen a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback like this before, just so entwined with each other. Mm. And picking and picking up like they like they were seasoned vets. I mean, this team really surprised me. No. But ultimately, the Ravens, being more experienced on their side of the ball, came out on top. And even though the scoreboard does show that they ran the score up, it really wasn't that close, in my opinion, because the Texans gave it their all at the end yeah. and uh, ultimately held the Ravens to where uh, held the Ravens down at one point. But Lamar Jackson, man, I mean, you can't count that dude out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I this man does so much on the field that I've seen Patrick Mahomes do. But the thing about Lamar is, Lamar is, I feel like a more electric player and does more and has more utilities in his bag rather than Patrick Mahomes does. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I mean, Lamar, man, what he's able to do is ridiculous. I mean, I've never, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at Lamar. And what he his progression in his career and all the naysayers that he had early on in his career talking about he needs to change position and and all of that it's just to see him grow into what he has become he's the MVP without a doubt he's one of the best quarterbacks on the planet and he's leading this team to a championship you know the last thing they had to knock on him was that he can't win the playoffs and now he's got two wins in the playoffs and he has a chance to go to the Super Bowl for the first time first time that Baltimore has hosted a you know, a, a conference championship in a long time. It's it's since, since 91, uh, since 1991. That's the Lions. The, um, that's the Lions? Since they made, made the made championship. The, the Baltimore was like 2012, I'm pretty sure. It was Joe Flacco days. No, 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 they didn't. I, I don't think they hosted it, though. I think they went on the road. I think. I think when Joe Flacco and them won. I could be totally wrong. I'm pretty sure it was 2012. Let's look at it. Look, 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 let's look it up. Quick search, Baltimore. No, you're right. At at there. So when's the last time they hosted? The last time I thought it was in 1960 something. No, 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 not 60s. They weren't even a franchise back then. Yeah, it's been uh 1996. They have 
but they've never hosted in a oh, while. Wow, they've never hosted him. That's got to be that cannot be true. No, they've had to host one. Like with Ray 11. Lewis, that first Super Bowl, they had was, to host the Super Bowl. It was 2011. I mean, 2011? Yeah. I thought it, I was about to say it was in that time span. I think huh? that's what it says. Yeah. Hey, uh, go get in your chair. No, go get in your chair. Not. First time. Wow. Well, Baltimore, first time that will host the AFC title game since 71. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Wow. I said 60, but 70. I mean, that's still, that's insane. It's been that long since they so, like ho- this is hosted the first time an AFC been, championship game. Yeah, exactly. This is the first time they've been since 20, uh, 2012. So that's, that's just crazy, man. Yeah. Wow. But so. this team, man, this team can get it done, man. It's given me, it's given me like the playoff vibe that they had when they won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, having a dominant defense and then having, a, in my opinion, having a better quarterback on that side of the ball, on the offensive side to get the job done, be able to put the ball downfield. No, I mean, Joe Flacco obviously could put the ball downfield, but Lamar Lamar's, does it in different, yeah. more than just one way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lamar is unfreaking real, dude. Like watching him, he, and it's, it's, you can't look at the stats and just, even though his stats were ridiculous, one fit, one fit, one fifty-one, two touchdowns, only missed six passes, a hundred rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, Lamar dominated as always, but it's just what he has done this season. You can't, you can't discredit the guy, and you mm-hmm. kind of is this team too good for everyone else? There is a strong case you can make that they are just better than everyone else this year. Would not shock me if this is something similar to the. You know, the Seahawks and the Broncos Super Bowl, if the Ravens make it, like, it doesn't matter who they play. Oh, my God, dude. Do you I, think it's just going to be that dominant? I, the Ravens are so good, bro. That If they play their I best mean, ball, I, if they play their best ball, I don't think anyone could truly beat this team. That's I like that. I mean, I like the take. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's going to be that dominant. You know what I mean? I feel like they take yeah. the game, but they keep it close. Because, yeah. I mean, that Seahawks-Broncos game, that was, oh, man, that, that was dominant. Bad. But I know what you mean. Like, mm-hmm. take control of the game from from first kickoff. They take control of the game, and it's going to be theirs throughout the entire way. Yeah, it, it's I just possible. don't feel like it's going to be that dominant. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, if we ever see that again, let's hope we never see a Super Bowl like that again. But it, I just have that kind of a feeling about this team. If they're playing their best ball, we kind of saw it like rusty in the first half, kind of came out a little sluggish. And, you know, Texans really, I mean, the defense played great for the Baltimore the entire game. The offense was a little sluggish, but, you know, and then they come out in the second half, started off with a touchdown, get their energy back up, and just kind of just took over from there out, there on out. And watching them, unbelievable. Shout out to Texans, CJ Stroud, best rookie season I've ever seen in my life, probably. I don't think I've ever mm. seen a quarterback play that good as a rookie. So shout out to him, oh, no. D'Amico Ryan's. What a season as a head coach! I mean, he he's going to be awesome. You know, watching him on the sidelines do his thing is he's going to be special. That team's going to be special. The Texans are going to be back next season. They were just a, a year too early. It felt like you know, just too much youth and yeah. The, this team, I think they need to go running back. Besides the point, Ravens are that team. Lamar is a top three quarterback. It's established. CDM, where do you got him ranked in your quarterback rankings? Just quick. Where do you got him ranked? I have him ranked as the number two, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, he – Patrick is obviously number one, yeah. obviously, two-time Super Bowl champ, MVP, and all that. 
Uh, Lamar Jackson's number two. There's no doubt about it. You could talk about Josh Allen. All everybody could talk about Josh Allen being the second best quarterback. It is really Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson does so much more in his game compared to Josh Allen. It's two different playing styles for these guys. First mm. off, way too different. It's two different playing styles. You can't compare their game at all because they both they both do different things. Josh Allen, obviously, he is a gunslinger. He has a cannon. He can run. But he's not shifty like Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson can throw the ball downfield, make you miss, probably hit his move and take it for an extra 20, 15 yards. Mm. Not to say Josh Allen can't do that, but Lamar, to me, has proven more this season than anybody of why he is a top-three quarterback. Because mm. he finally got his contract, and now he's just playing his type of ball. He's playing his ball now. And he's finally take, he's taking control. I have him at number two, and then I have I think I have Josh Allen at number three. But Lamar Jackson, second best quarterback in the league. Yeah, right there with you, Patty, Lamar, Josh. I think that's the rankings for myself as well. I get it. Josh Allen is an absolute monster, and you know they're showing his stats against KC. Just can't get it done in the playoffs. But he averages over three hundred passing yards, twenty two touchdowns, one inter, one turnover. Mm-hmm. Dude, mm. he's never played bad against the mm. Chiefs, and he can't beat them. It's crazy. And yeah. it, it's mm, getting into mid. this guy. Coming from the guy where your quarterback is Tua, bro. This this freaking guy. This, this oh, coming guy. from the guy who your quarterback's Derek Carr. I don't hear it. Derek Carr, the goat. <clears throat> Repping the South. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. The As South. you were saying. Yeah. Whatever, man. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, absolutely insane. Cannot wait to see him have a chance to get to a Super Bowl. Uh, Let's talk about another team that has a chance to get to the Super Bowl as well. The 49ers survive against the Packers. Special teams is the reason why. But you can't leave out Brock Purdy in that unbelievable game-winning drive that he put together late. Had some tough moments, though, with the rain, losing Debo early in the first half. You know, and Debo looks like he might not be available. We're going to see. It's it's an injury that he's dealt with, I think. So, um, Let's see. That's a big one. Said he's like, they came out saying he's like 50-50. Yeah. 50-50 that he'll play in the NFC Championship game. If he can play, he's going to play. It's just, it's one of those things in my opinion. It's that big of a game. So, CDM, the big question is though, can the 49ers beat the Lions without Debo Samuel? Can they do it? Can they, with all their other stud players, can they do it? Can, you know, it's a, you know, 67 degrees, I think is projected weather, no rain. So, you know, Conditions aren't going to be a problem. What are you thinking, CDM? Mm, man, well, I don't know. I want to save it for the game picks, but yeah, don't, I don't do. Give your game I pick. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give the game pick. I, I just don't want it to like give it away. I do believe that they can beat the forty, uh, beat the Lions without Debo, just because of all the other pieces they have around them as well. The offensive line is the one of the best offensive lines of the league with Trent Williams right there, and then you have you add George Kittle as your sixth offensive lineman, mm. who's also the second best tight end in the league. Um, you have Christian McCaffrey in the back, who's the best running back by far in the league right now. Um, Brandon Ayuk has blossomed into possibly being a number one wide receiver for any other team in the league. Yeah, he's a number one. And the defense, yeah, he's he. I mean, Brandon Ayuk can go anywhere and be a number one. And gone? then you have the defense, who's just added pieces throughout the entire season. The biggest piece that I like them adding was obviously adding Chase Young to the defensive line, mm-hmm. adding more pressure to the edges, getting him and Nick uh, Nick Bosa back there as well. Um, but the offense, I still think the offense can get it done. If 
it's not up to Debo Samuel to get the yards. It's up to Brock Purdy to distribute mm-hmm. the ball to the right guy. So if Brock Purdy just plays a clean game better than he did last week against the Packers, if he just plays a clean game, then I believe that they can beat the Lions without Debo. But this Lions team is going to be hard because they just went up against, a, a, in my opinion, a top five wide receiving core or wide receiving duo with Chris Godwin and uh, – um, uh, Crap, what's his name? Mike Evans. And they locked him down a little bit. I'm not going to lie. The Lions passing defense is not that bad. They do. I mean, it's not top 25. It's not top. It's not top 10, but they can get the job done. And CJ Gardner Johnson's one of the reasons why they can get that job done. He's, he's a leader. He brings that. He brings the uh, versatility, brings the grind. He brings the uh, the vibe to it as well. I mean, this Lions defense can get that. This Lions defense is going to have uh, it's going to have some trouble getting this 49ers def- uh, offense to slow down, especially with Kyle Shanahan's way of moving the ball around, mm-hmm. getting people open motions. It's going to be hard, but if the Lions stick to their game plan on what they did last week, shutting down that run game and making Brock Purdy make decisions downfield but also not giving him time as well. And they had a great job last week with the blitz packages that they brought against Baker Mayfield and that offensive line, getting back to Baker three times in the first half. So they can, if they can uh, uh, create pressure to get to Brock Purdy, then that defense has a chance to possibly get takeaways, get their offense back on the field in good field position, and being able to get uh, get on the board and score. It all depends on what Brock Purdy does, though, for this uh, 49ers offense. Because if he doesn't play a clean game, I'm sorry. It could be another. It could be like last year's NFC Championship without him getting hurt, but possibly the same result. He's got to be able to play a clean game for this offense. Yeah, it it really does. I mean, Brock has been so awesome this year, and he's had so many unbelievable moments, and he shows how accurate he can be, how well his timing is, and you know. He's just breaking a little bit of that mold that, oh, these young quarterbacks can come out and ball immediately. And, yeah, we've seen, you know, C.J. Stroud, he's an anomaly. That doesn't usually ever happen, like, genuinely. Yeah. And, you know, kind of makes people forget, like, rookies really do struggle, and it's hard. Like, watching Bryce Young in a terrible situation. We know Bryce Young's good, Mm -hmm. but he's in a horrible situation, you know. And there's other situations. But with Brock Purdy to come in, Mr. Irrelevant, I mean, this is year two, man. You know, year two. He yeah. doesn't have a full two seasons, technically, under his belt. And, you know, he has expectations to be the, the best player, you know, on the best team. And and it's it's one of those things where, all right, like, he can have one bad game. Though he doesn't have to be crucified. And I get it. It's tough. You're on a team where you got to win right now. It's it's not about what you can do in two to three years. It's about what you can do right now when it comes to playing for the 49ers. And, you know, I feel like a little bit of perspective. It's his only second year, and he was the seventh-round pick. And let's be honest, he has a lot of stats at Iowa State, but he was never elite. You know, he was he was never that guy. So, um, yeah. And, yes, he's incredible. So, for him to have one bad game, like just not a genuinely great game, and still win and put together a game-winning drive, shout out, just shout out to Brock Purdy. But can he do it without Debo? 
I don't know. Well, I mean, it's always like Brock Purdy always finds a way if they're down with two minutes left. He goes straight two-minute drill and gets mm-hmm. them downfield. I don't understand how he just flips that switch and is just able to get them downfield. He's a competitor, now, the man. Question, I mean, I understand that, but another, like that's another question as well. If they get to a two-minute drill, they don't have Debo out there. Are you going to be able to you know, confidently go down the field without him and be able to distribute the ball to your other playmakers that aren't used to, you know, making tough third down uh, completions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a big question and, you know, what Debo does that often. So they showed a bunch of stats during the game, how much he impacts their yards per game, you know, yards after catch yards after contact. It's an entirely different offense, you know, but you still have Chris McCaffrey. Like you say, they still have George Kittle, you know, Brandon Ayuk is that guy, you know, Jennings showed up late. You know, they, they've got players, man. They've got a lot of players on that team. And there's genuinely no reason why the offense shouldn't be able to run, you know, effectively. Not, you know, Debo's a massive piece. And we shouldn't act like they should just be just as good. Like, he's a massive piece to the puzzle. But, you know, they've got other guys. And they shouldn't be hampered too much. But, I don't know. We're going to have to see. Like, Debo is a massive impact player. And Rock Purdy's still so oh, young. Yeah. Um, can they beat them the lions without them i'm not so sure about that so i mean i'm excited to see i'm excited to see quick question though before we leave this 49ers versus green bay matchup obviously the packers played an unbelievable season after you know some moments where hey is jordan love the guy do we need to get get another guy there was moments this during the season where people questioning that is matt lafleur going to be run out of the building i think we can all agree neither one of those guys are going anywhere and the packers are going to be very good for a very long time but CDM, they always find a way to hit, man. Did you? I don't understand how. Give me your thoughts on it. Like how? How is Jordan Love this good? And how did the Packers never miss a quarterback? <laughs> I don't, man. I don't know, man. Like the Packers always find a way to hit on a quarterback, and we were all shocked when they drafted Jordan Love in the mm-hmm. 2020 draft in the first round. Not because, because of Aaron skill, Rogers. It was because of who was there. Exactly. Yeah, it's because Aaron Rodgers was still there. Aaron Rodgers goes on to win back-to-back MVPs. Nobody thinks he's going to see the field at all. But then Aaron Rodgers has his one bad year, doesn't make the playoffs, and is finally done, ready to go. And then Jordan Love finally, after sitting two years behind a Hall of Fame quarterback, obviously he's picked up a lot of things from A-Rod. Obviously he knows a lot about the game now because of Aaron Rodgers. So obviously... You take you take what Aaron Rodgers give you and you run with it. And if you look at it, he kind of looked like Aaron Rodgers out there the way he flicked that ball mm. every time. Dude, he's got I some mean, crazy arm talent. And like they went from two and five. They won two games, lost five games. Everybody thought they were done. That's when all the conversation started about those two guys. And then next thing you know, they just go on a run, man. Aaron, uh, Jordan Love has got 21 touchdowns to one interception balling out Aaron Jones is hitting it looks like he's in his prime just ball, like running downfield and then you add the wide receivers out there you got Dobbs you got Christian Watson uh who's the rookie they have from Ole Miss I keep forgetting his name uh um you're talking about for the Packers uh they, yeah um you're talking about uh, uh from Ole Miss Ole Miss or Mississippi State I can't remember his name receiver? number 11 no, that's yeah. Jaden Reed is from um, um Michigan State. Oh, Jaden Reed. Yeah, okay, yeah, same as, yeah, okay, yeah, Jaden Reed. I mean, those guys balled out, and then Matt LaFleur, shout up the haters, man. I'm telling you right now, he came out and showed everybody why he's still one of the top head coaches in the NFL. 
and he can do it with any talent that you give him. It's just the Packers never miss on a quarterback, bro. It's insane to me that they can never have a bad quarterback. I've got to see Aaron Rodgers for so many years, and now we have to see Jordan Love. And I love it, man. I love some love. I yes. never had a doubt with him because what we saw at Utah State, me and you talked about it in high school, Jordan Love can be a guy. I mean, when you have a frame like Justin Herbert and a strong arm like that, you have a chance to go into the NFL and be that type of guy for somebody. And Green Bay saw the opportunity and took him. And they knew, I, Green Bay had this all planned out. Yeah. Green Bay knew what they were doing. They said, okay. Aaron Rodgers is on his last couple of legs now. He's not looking like the A-Rod of the past. I think it's time to look forward to the future. Find somebody who can flick the ball just like Aaron Rodgers does, and bam, it's the rest is history. I mean, I can't say enough about Jordan Love and what he did this season and Matt LaFleur and that Packers team, but I can tell you right now, the, the NFC North, between it's going to be between the Packers and the Lions from now on. I, I full-heartedly think that it's going to be between the Packers and the Lions, NFC North, because that division right there has gotten better and better now. He, like, dude, that, oh, I mean, I'm telling you, man, watching, like, uh, it doesn't make sense. Oh, and this is just like Jordan Love's first year starting as well. Let's not forget that fact. This is this man's first year as a starter and went in as the seventh seed and beat the two seed. Not even just beat them. I'm talking about, oh, I'm glad Red's not here. But he abolished the Cowboys, man. That team in general, Jordan Love and Aaron Jones and everybody out there just abolished the Cowboys. But Jordan Love, man, the progression that he made all year long, was it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see that they got another franchise guy that they're probably going to get one Super Bowl out of. But, hey, one Super Bowl is better than none. I'll be honest with you. Yep. Yep, and listen, like Jordan Love, I I thought he could be good. I thought there was an interesting element to his game when he was at Utah State. We did the we talked about him during the draft. We've watched him play when he was at Utah State. We talked about him like there is something there that a lot of players don't have. He has that Patty Mahomes ish ability. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, these things that these quarter Lamar Jackson, they, they, he does things other quarterbacks can't do. It's this new age of quarterback. And we saw it, the big question, Utah State, does it transfer to the league? Can he play normal? Can he be a, a, a quarterback where timing, accuracy, all those other things, can he do the other things besides, you know, off platform, throw it off your back foot to the back of the end zone, 40-yard rope? Like, yeah. That's his best ability, but can he can be a quarterback? And we have seen all season, yeah, yeah, those last about, what, 13, 14 games? Yeah, he, he is a guy. He can be a legitimate oh, yeah. quarterback in the NFL. He's going to be a star. He is – him and C.J. Stroud are going to be so fun to watch over the next 15 years. Like The league is in good hands, I'll tell you. Uh, the great league is hands. In great hands. These youngsters, man, and I don't know how the Packers keep doing it, but – you know, we questioned them when they drafted them. It was just like a lot of people questioned the lines with their draft picks this season. I mean, these guys, most of these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, you're going to get misses. It's the draft. You're not going to hit on every player. But, you know, to get the prodigy in there, to get the youngster in there, to learn from Aaron Rodgers. You, he gets witness Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP, back-to-back, and then... Aaron went through a lot of crap, too. So he also, mm-hmm. he learned how to be a professional, too, you know, kind of learn some things along the way when you know, Aaron was in 
the BS with everything that he was a part of with the whole vaccination shit. So it's like, hey, shout out to Jordan Love. Got to learn from one of the best, and now you get to become one of the best. And, yeah, he is going to be an absolute star next season and for the rest of his career. And shout out to the Packers, man. Just keep on getting it right. Just keep on dang getting it right. Keep on hitting, dude. I'm telling you. Well, speaking of another team in that division – who is going to the conference championship? It would have been beautiful to see this Lions squad. Oh, dude, face I was the really hoping it would be. I was really hoping it would be Lions versus Packers in its championship game. That would have been awesome. It would have been so awesome, bro. But that would have been like Packers versus Bears. Remember when Packers and the Bears made the NFC championship game? Yeah, I would have loved that to happen so yeah. bad, bro. That would have been amazing. A Lions, bro. Lions versus Packers in, on Lions Ford Field. Oh my gosh! Oh, Lions ain't losing that game, dude. Lions that place would have been rocking. That game. That place would have oh, been rocking. Woo! But yep, the Lions did move on, unlike the Packers, and they face the 49ers in that conference championship. Let's let's see how happy was Dan Campbell after this win. What did he say to the team, CDM? Let's 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 watch what he had to say. Here. Let's let's listen to it. You guys, you guys are unbelievable, man. I, I'm telling you, we talked about it all, all year. This started a long time ago. You're built for this. You're built for this, man. And look what you guys did. You went out there and the way, it's another hot team that we knocked off. Yeah. It's the next hot team that you knock off. You know how hard it is to win this? league in the playoffs very hard you understand what you're mm. doing right now what we're capable of that's two all right that's two we got two to go with a bye in the middle i'm unbelievably proud of everybody in here man coaches player that's a way to mount up man that's not a, that's a that's a difficult team to beat man all right i got one Backs. game ball man in the game and play Derek barnes Hey, man, love y'all boys, man. Uh, from the support in the linebacker room, the coaches, staff, organization, offense, man. Uh, three years, man. It took me three years to get a first interception. But, uh, it, it, <laughs> but it means Damn, it means what a first way to get an interception. People who believed in me. Yeah, you know, right. a lot of people didn't the room. This ball, you know, I got to give it to the linebacker room because I said we was going to bring one back. And God, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's pretty much. It's time to go bite some kneecaps yes. off now, baby. Yes, they, they kept going I'm on. A, I will about go to ready. war for this man. Oh God! I mean, you could hear the emotion from a man. Like you know, he's been there. He played for this team. He loves that city. The city loves him. He he embodies that city, man. And you know, to watch the Lions finally break through to get a chance at a Super Bowl berth, man. It, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. And you know, we've it's never crazy. seen it happen. You're preaching, man. Like it's crazy to it just. See it first of all, but to think about the Lions, they can go to the Super Bowl CDM. They can go to the. It's Super crazy, Bowl. bro. I've like I've never been so happy for for an organization that has just been the trash pile of the NFL. <laughs> I thought it was the Browns. It's really the Lions. Lions have been bad. The, like the Lions have been terrible, bro. And they had Matthew Stafford and out and Megatron on the same team and still couldn't get anything. Barry done. Sanders. That's a. Yep. Yeah, they had they had Barry Sanders and still couldn't get to a Super Bowl. They got to a NFC Championship with him, but didn't get to a Super Bowl. And 
you know, it's awesome to see, you know, three years. It took three years to build this team up for Dan Campbell. Mm. And finally, they're, it, they're, it's starting to show, the work's starting to show. They're peaking. They're peaking really high right now, and they're peaking at the right time, too. Um, the question is, obviously, can the Lions pull this off? Can the Lions get this done? And I think they can. I think the Lions can do this. I feel like they have the offense to really compete with that uh, 49ers defense as well. Um, obviously, they're two-headed dragon in the backfield with, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. And then you get, you know, the guy to sum it all up is Jared Goff, dude. Mm. People who forgot about him, who didn't believe in him. When we saw the trade between them and L.A., we were like, oh, well, Matthew Stafford's going off to be great. Detroit, you know, just got another mid quarterback. He's got more. He's got the first Detroit win. He's got the first. He did. He did something Matthew Stafford never did in his uh, like nine, ten years at Detroit. He never won a playoff game. Jared Goff's third season as a starter there, and guess what? He's already won. A, he's won two playoff games. It's insane, and I love it. I love that Dan Campbell. You know. Being the hometown boy, you know, the first team that he ever played for, coming back and, you know, finally getting them to where they obviously need to be and no longer being the laughing stock of the NFL anymore. And I love it, dude. I think they can obviously I think they can get it done against the 49ers. Will it be just a knockout drag out for this team? Yes. But I think the Lions have something the 49ers really don't have right now. And that's a chip on their shoulder and grit. And this team is all about grit, dude. And they can get it done. I believe they can get it done. Yeah, man, they can. They can get it done. And, man, like, it's crazy to think about what this team has been through, where they are now, and genuinely, like, this team is good enough. Like, it's not about, this isn't a house money. This isn't a Cinderella run. This is a team that's built up over the last three years since Dan Campbell's been there. And they have built a team with the identity of Detroit, the identity of Dan Campbell. And they have the culture, man. It It is so obvious watching his post game. When he goes to the, the, the post game with the, the media, you know, in the locker room, it, it's you can see how much those players love him, how much they've embraced his culture and embraced what he is bringing to this team. And, man, all I got to say is this team, it, Detroit is America's team right now. Everybody wants Oh, Detroit. you can't forget about the state of Michigan, man. The state of Michigan is Dan Campbell's place, man. The state of Michigan is behind that man 100%. And I agree with you on that as well. The Lions are America's team. Throw the Cowboys out. They're done. None. The Lions are the team that America wants to win this Super Bowl. Sadly, Red could not attest or deny that um, when it comes to the. I feel like he, I feel like he would kind of agree. I think he would too because he is very mad. Sadly, we don't get to see him rant about his uh, Cowboys. But now, man, it's beautiful. Twelve and five season, and you know they were terrible, terrible that first season when Dan Campbell was around, and people were already calling for his head. Started one and six last season. People were calling for his head, and you know. How they finished last season, we thought they could be great this year. We thought they could win the division, but, you know, it was all talk. And now them actually getting here with an opportunity at a Super Bowl, it is just a surreal moment to be a NFL fan, man. It's just, what is going on? What is going on? We're about to get the Lions in the Super Bowl possibly. Like, yeah, they got another step and another 
another moment. They gotta they gotta get one more win to get there. And Dan Campbell talked about in that video, like two two more, man. We just need two more, and you get a buy in the middle and a buy and a buy in the middle, man. I mean that doesn't that gets you hyped up, man. That gets you hyped up and ready. Run through a wall. Let's go. I'm going to war for this, man. We're biting kneecaps off of anybody. Yes. It's on site. On freaking site. But yeah, man, that's really all I got to say. Lions, wow, awesome. They can pull this off. To answer the question, they can pull this off, and they can bring a Super Bowl. And, I mean, I would kill to be at that parade. So, um, rooting for them. I think a lot of people are. And, you know, when it comes to that draft class, never question the Lions again. Jameer Gibbs is never. an absolute dog. He is so freaking good, bro. <laughs> he is so good. Just think, just think Bill O'Brien had this guy. Bill O'Brien had this guy in our offense at Alabama and still didn't do like produce to what the Lions are doing with this kid right now. He is an absolute unit. Yeah. And uh, we, we will never and like uh, here's another thing. How did Aiden like Aiden Hutchinson obviously failed to them in the in his draft class. Mm. But the way Aiden Hutchinson's playing, man, how, how did he not go number one overall? And I'll tell you why. The Jaguars are stupid. The Jaguars are blind oaths in that front office if they did not see what Aiden Hutchinson was able to do. And now look at him, bro. He's going for an NFC championship. NFC championship, had a sack, made an impact in the game. And, you know, it's, hey, shout out to the Lions. Shout out what they brought and what they can do. And they got they got America's support. They got my support. I imagine I got your support. They got like my said. support. There it is. So, hey, let's see what they can do. Let's see if the Lions – can do this whole thing. I'm excited. I would love to come back next week and talk about how they got their chance in a Super Bowl, but obviously we got to wait a week for that. Um, well, let's keep this thing rolling, CD, and let's get on to another game that was incredible. Cinema, every single time these two teams face off, Chiefs versus Bills, it's it's the new rivalry. It's the rivalry we, rivalry we all love and, and want at this point in the playoffs. And you know the it's Bills the have new. a lot. Of, hey, the Bills have a lot of questions after this season. A lot of a lot of money they got to be dishing out. A lot of controversy around which players want to stay. So, um, but shout out to the Bills. Everything they've overcome over the last three seasons, and you know they fell short every year. But man, that's an interesting team. And I know you don't have much love lost seeing that team lo- lose in your division. Oh, oh well. Come join us in Cancun, babe. It's pretty nice. <laughs> uh, I love the Cancun memes. Uh, Two is seeing Josh Allen in the resort. <laughs> yeah, just give him that side eye, you know. You're just like, what's up, man? Hey, took you a while up, to get here. It's nice here, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice, man. Yeah. How's Patrick doing? Hey, man. <laughs> I know Patrick. <laughs> Patrick's doing good. But also, Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey might Jason be enjoying Casey, retirement. Man. He the might man be enjoying of the retirement, people. man. He he might be. Let's go, let's take a look at how much he was enjoying possible early retirement here at the Chiefs game. Oh, look at him, man. That was right after Travis's touchdown, too. 20, Twenty-two yard touchdown. He was screaming, bro. Twenty to t- ten degree weather here. You know, no shirt, beanie on, beer in hand, beer. Chug the beer. Look at that athleticism, by the athleticism, way. Athleticism, dude. Just an athlete, dude. That is thirty, what thirty-eight, thirty-six, offensive lineman. Still got it. Still got it, bro. I mean, come on now. Mm-mm-mm. That's that's next man level, of the bro. people, man. That's next level. But he's not the top of the conversation. Obviously, the top of the conversation is them Chiefs. They just keep doing it, bro. They just can't lose. They can't find a way to not be in the AFC Championship. Patty Mahomes is they they are. This is a legitimate dynasty run. We're getting to witness. We we watched the New England. Never thought we'd get to see anything like that again. And 
guess what? We're witnessing it again. So, um, CDM, give me your thoughts, man, on the game. And, you know, there was a lot of conversations if, you know, the, the Chiefs, are they taking a, a step back this year? They don't got the weapons, but guess what? They're in the AFC Championship again. So, are the Chiefs back? And give me your thoughts on the game, CDM. Man, I just want everybody to know, I didn't. Patrick Mahomes still plays football. So until that man doesn't wear a Chiefs uniform anymore, obviously they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's just my way of looking at it. I mean, until this man does not play football anymore, he still owns the Bills. We all know the Bills owner is not really the owner. It's actually Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs because obviously I don't know why they can't get over the hump. They can play any other team in the playoffs and win except the Bengals. And the Chiefs. They can't get over the Chiefs' hump, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen, being, you know, being the man he is, the playmaker he is, I mean, I wouldn't say this game is all his fault. I would say the defense didn't really step up, but the most like the most important thing that it came down to was a field goal. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Bass, man. I mean, you can blame it on the win, but ultimately that thing just curved right i mean just straight right and that's not what buffalo fans want to hear man nobody wants to hear the ball goes right wide right um but i i this game as you said before every time these teams play if it's in you know the regular season or the postseason it's always going to be a great game i believe it's the next coming of peyton manning and tom brady type rivalry coming um you know obviously josh being peyton and you know the super bowl champ being you know Patrick Mahomes, because he's actually won a Super Bowl, you know, unlike, unlike Josh Allen, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I just have nothing good to say about the Bills. I will say this is like, you know, Stephon Diggs, man, you had to catch one deep ball and you let that thing go through your hands and you blamed it on Josh Allen. That was totally on you, man. Like Josh laid that thing out there for you and you dropped it, which if you catch that ball and you got like you're in scoring position, then you possibly take the lead. Um but this game was awesome, man. And uh, the Chiefs never, to me, took a step back. Patrick Mahomes never took a step back. Travis Kelsey being called out for losing his touch, being third, like being 30-something years old and possibly retiring, never lost his touch in this game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're the best quarterback, wide receiver, tight end duo that we've seen. They passed Tom Brady and Gronk for most touchdown passes between those two. Um, Patrick Mahomes... Ever since he's been a starter the past six years, he has made the AFC Championship. Hey, this is not new to him. This is not new to him at all. No matter if he has to play at home, play in the Super Bowl, play on a play on the road, he's not going to lose. And this was his first playoff game. And one of the Bills players came out and said, "You know, hey, he's never been here before. He's played in he, he's played here during the regular season, but he's never played here during the postseason." Um. I would go check Patrick Mahomes' Twitter right now because uh, he came at this man. It's insane. Um, I mean he. I mean he. 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 I'm never. It. Patrick Mahomes never ceases to surprise me on what he does on the field. Like I know we talk about Lamar Jackson and what he does, and Josh Allen what he does. They're all different players. Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the most complete players I've seen play the game of football. When his elusiveness getting out of the pocket, his way to extend plays and put the ball downfield to keep his eyes downfield reading defenses. I mean, the list goes on and on and on about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's not much more I can say about him. I'll say more about Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen did everything he could in this game to get into the right position. Oh, hello there. How are you, child? Pause this real fast. 
So back to what I was saying, Chiefs, Bills, cinema everywhere, Patrick Mahomes, absolute dog. Josh Allen did everything in his power to get this job done. And Joe Brady being the offensive coordinator, stepping up and getting that role. This Bills offense looked awesome. I mean, the run game throughout the season looked completed. They looked like a complete around uh, overall team. But I just don't know why they can't get over this hump of beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I just don't understand it why. But the Bills are in some trouble now, especially coming in this offseason. I believe their cap hits at like $42 million. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I saw it earlier too. Let's see. And then Josh Allen's cap hits at 47. Cap hit is at uh, $47 million. So I don't really know what the Bills' next move is in this coming offseason. I think you part ways with uh, Von Miller and possibly look into a trade, uh, look into a trade place for Stephon Diggs. Because he he decree he decree uh, he just went downhill this uh, this midseason. He did not look like the Stephon Diggs we were used to seeing these past two years in Buffalo. I mean, him and Josh Allen didn't look like they were on the same like same wave or anything. I mean, it just didn't, it just didn't look right. Yeah, man, it it is. <clears throat> The whole situation with um, Stefan Diggs was, I mean, I don't know how to make what to make of it when it comes to you know, is he did he take did he personally take a step back? Was or is picked about yeah forty five million over the cap? So yeah, they're in yeah, there's some salary cap hell, man. Stupid. I mean, as a Saints fan, I know exactly what that means. Te- they can get out of it with restructure contracts and everything. I just think you know with there's some players on this team that have to get paid too. It, you know, Gabe Davis has got to get paid. If you're getting rid of Stephon Diggs, that's your new number one. Which Gabe Davis is a guy, so that's not a terrible number one. And with your two tight ends, when it comes to players, like that's not a bad thing. But you got to replace Stephon Diggs with somebody. I do think you got to get rid of Stephon Diggs with this team because this guy. A lot of things have come out recently, and him kind of taking a step back this season, like you said, kind of opens the door to that as a possibility and, you know, not a bad thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, this game, though, man, I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, who what, who doubts this team anymore? Like, genuinely, who doubts the Chiefs anymore? Going into this game, I told myself, I said, I'm not picking against the Chiefs. Like, I got to be proven that this team will lose. Like, they should have beat the Bills the first time because of a couple of inches forward and uh a terrible play by a player that did not play in the, a- in the divisional round, Kadarius Tony. Uh, that was probably why the Chiefs yeah. actually won. Won. Okay, that's just mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's truthful. It's the truth. truth. It's the truth. But truth hurts, man. But uh, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. This t- this Chiefs team is different than it's been kind of over the last few years when it comes to the run game and their defense. Even though they allowed twenty four points. It's 24 points is to the Bills offense. It's been playing some really dang good ball with Joe Brady at the helm, offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, holding Josh Allen to under 200 passing yards. You know, yeah, Josh Allen did cook on the ground. 72 rushing yards, two tuds on the ground. But, like, when you're – their leading rusher is Josh Allen with only 72 yards, and you're holding him under 200 yards. It's a pretty solid day, if you're asking me, when it comes oh, to yeah. defense. Obviously, you would like to see some turnovers there. Hard to beat Josh Allen without forcing him into turnovers. You pull it off anyways. But like you said, it does come down to a missed field goal. Special teams, very similar to the 49ers-Green Bay game. It's just special team. All three phases are so important 
in playoff oh, football. Oh yeah, in the postseason, yeah. every team matters, bro. Every you have to like you have to go out there and do your job. Yes. And like one other play, one other player I was going to highlight is Isaiah Pacheco, man. I mean, I've never seen. I've seen a lot of running backs run hard, but this man takes another spot. He runs so angry, bro. Dude. He runs like an Oompa Loompa trying to chase after Willy Wonka, man. Like it sounds childish, but it's facts, bro. He runs angry, mm-hmm. and for him to fi- and for them to get that ball back and him run on that third, uh, what was it like a third and seven, He's and go dog. and get that first down to ice the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more could you ask for? And like everybody thought that Clyde was going to be their running back, and I thought so as well. He had a yeah. good rookie season, but Isaiah came in and just took that man's job. Yeah. And, and he stays it's just healthy. insane to see. Huh? And he stays healthy. You know, Clyde has it. Yeah, and he's complete. Yeah, he's completely healthy too. Like I haven't seen him injured one. I haven't seen him injured re- recently. I think he got injured during the uh, regular season, but only for like one game. Other than that, he's been healthy the entire year, and he's one of the biggest pieces in that offense. Yeah, man, he he is special. What a hit, Rutgers boy, and you know. With him and Clyde, that's a, a nice little one man, a two man punch too. With Clyde, I mean Clyde didn't really ever touch the ball. He was only out there for two rushes and and the uh, one catch for negative yards. So Clyde's really not getting any touches anymore. He, he's on the field, but he doesn't get touches. And Isaiah Pacheco is easily taking that role. And I've got nothing but great things to say about Isaiah Pacheco. I know Patty Mahomes got the win, and Patty did a lot of great things. Played great. Yeah, Patty played like Patty, and Travis Kelsey yeah. had two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey's still that guy. People think he's washed. I don't think so. <laughs> and um, you know, for the Chiefs to do this without sacks, you know, without you know an interception, it's like okay, that's pretty impressive. And the defense still played pretty dang good. So shout out to them. You know, you still lock up Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir though for the Bills. He's a little bit of a dog, man. He's a good little player, that receiver for the Bills, Shakir. Oh, yeah, catches, number 10. Touch, dog. Yeah, touchdown. I mean, he he looked good. So, Bills, shout out to the Bills, man. I mean, wild last three seasons, you know, with controversies, with with terrible situations, you know, with the shooting out there in Buffalo, with DeMar Hamlin's situation, with this whole entire media explosion with, you know, what he said in the locker Sean McDermott said in the locker room with his, you know, 9-11 comments. I mean, it, they can't just – have a clean season when it comes to the media with a situation with just bad luck. So, you know, I've got respect for the bills with all they've had to overcome, but you know, I'm not going to be shocked if we see some change, you know, these teams yeah. windows are not as big as they used to be. You know, it's hard to win a super bowl and it's hard to be consistent. People wanted Mike McCarthy out after 12 and five, 12 and five, 12 and five can't, can't make it to the super bowl. And rightfully so. Your championships are the biggest thing. It's not about winning 12 games, 11 games, making the playoffs. Once you get this good, it's about winning Super Bowls. And these teams are not doing it, and the Bills are one of those teams. They have suffered for a long time. I know that team backs Sean McDermott like no other, but call me crazy. I would not be shocked if they they think about maybe moving on. I don't know if there's another guy out Ooh, there that could. I could see that. I just don't know if there's another guy that you could replace him with and say, all right, he's genuinely better because Bill Belichick's most likely not going to go to the Buffalo, even though it's a hell of a job. I doubt he. I was go. about to say Bill Belichick's name, or I was about to like just imagine I mean, him. I, Josh Allen. Oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? Oh my god, I'd hate it. Uh, <laughs> I'd hate I, it. But like a Mike Vrabel, so much. I would love to see Mike Vrabel with the Bills. Bring that culture to the Bills. Maybe, maybe that's what they need. I don't know. I feel like the Bills locker room is great, so it's like 
do you get rid of this guy? Do you run it back? But how many times can you run it back? You're losing a lot of players. So, I don't know. The Bills are in such, such a situation where it felt like if they were going to get it done, it was going to be this year. Of course, you run into KC and, you know, what usually happens, happens again. So, man, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the Bills do. I don't know. I think they get rid of Stephon. I think we see some movement being made, moves being made. I think Bond the, Miller. I think Bond Miller's gone. Yeah, I mean, I he like did he nothing. Just he just stole money this year, bro. Like that's all he did. Yeah, <laughs> he, just, he just robbed. It was a robbery blind. for for them. You know, I mean, he's older. You can't expect him to go out there and put up 12, se- 12 sack seasons anymore. But a little yeah. impact, just something. You know, just anything. Bro, what do you mean, Khalil Mack put up sixteen? No, I said, I said, just a little impact. Did not, I didn't say Khalil Mack. Oh sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. No, Khalil, Khalil Mack. Mack. Oh man, he's still that guy. But um, he's still that guy. But I mean, Von Miller, he got a, he got a, he, he got a sack. But I mean, no, he didn't. He didn't get a sack. He got two tackles, no, one tackle, two total tackles, one solo. So like, very little impact. So it's not Von Miller we've seen before. So and you brought him in to be. Von Miller, you know, you needed him to be that guy, and he just didn't show up. Yeah. So, hey, shout out to the Chiefs. They just always win. They just don't know Keep how to freaking on. lose. They always make it to this damn conference championship and put themselves in a situation. And, hell, if they make it to the Super Bowl again, this team, man, uh, they're, they're going to get kind of hard to root for because I, I mean, I'm rooting for the Ravens, but – I'm rooting for the Ravens. I love the Chiefs. I love the Patty. So it's starting to turn into this Patriots dynasty where everyone's going to hate them. So um, wouldn't be shocked by that. So but, wouldn't be shocked at all. Hey man, I think that'll wrap it. Wrap us up for this NFL playoff recap. The games have been insane, but we've also had some insane movement around the NFL when it comes to coaches being hired, coaches being fired. We're seeing today was the first time you get in-person interviews. We saw some. Uh, some uh, already some action. We told y'all at the beginning of the pod, a guy getting hired. We're going to start off our coaches hired and fired segment here with the Titans landing their guy, bringing in Brian Callen. Uh, uh, that's Callahan, Callahan, Callahan. All right. Um, as their next head coach youngster, but we know how good this offense has been for the Bengals and, you know, what Joe Burrow has done. Can he do the same thing that he did uh, with Joe, uh, you know, with Will Levis. So hell of a, mm. hell of a move kind of, you know, start this coaching carousel off. I know we've already had Gerard Mayo be announced. It was kind of a uh, felt like, all right, he's going there. Antonio Pierce loved to see that yeah. coming back with the Raiders. You know, they kind of announced that already as well. And he earned that spot. So, but this is the first, you know, you know, free agent, I would say when it comes to coaches being hired, Brian Callen was rumored for offensive coordinator jobs at other places. Ends up getting the head job over there with the Tennessee Titans as they looked to be probably heading to a rebuild, you know, with a young quarterback, Derek Call, I mean, uh, Derek Henry out the door probably via trade. So, I mean, CDM, give me your quick thoughts. It happened right before the pod. I, I know it was kind of a sprung on us, but give me your thoughts on the Titans move here. Do you like it? I like it. I, I think, as you said, it's going to be nice for a rebuild mode now for the Titans. Uh, you had Derrick Henry for a while, but, you know, the past eight years, you got to an AFC championship. You were the one seed, but you ultimately lost to two better teams. Uh, nothing against Mike Vrabel at all. You know, he came in there with a culture as well. He came in with the Bill Belichick mindset of, you know, having that hard-nosed defense, and they did have that for a while. But now that you have a, a rookie quarterback going into a second year, 
Derek Henry's exiting the door. It is time to get the rebuild mode going, and I think you have to you have to build it all. I feel like you have to build the offense around Will Levis mostly, and then work on that defense for sure, and getting more defensive pieces. But it is a nice one. It's a you know a young guy finally getting his legs, getting his feet wet, and as being a head coach, it's a different game. It's a different style now. All these decisions are up to you. Hopefully, he can make it play out. You know, kind of like Dan Campbell did, give it like a three, four year process, and maybe they'll be somewhere possibly in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good. It's going to be a nice uh, tr- uh, new change for the Tennessee Titans going into their future with Will Levis as uh, their starting quarterback. I don't know what's going to happen to D Hop. I don't mind D Hop staying on the Titans for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, just just to give Will Levis another comfort blanket to throw the ball to until they can get a guy in the draft. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I was looking up these stats, and you know, I mean, everyone knows how good the Bengals' offense has been, and you know. You know, when you look at the stats, it just it just shows how effective this offense has truly been. You know, 12 wins in, in 2022, 10 wins in 2021, and obviously they put up 27 points in 21 and 26 points in 2022. This year, they take a step back, obviously, with Joe going out and stuff. But, um, mm. you know, obviously this team offensively has been very impressive, you know, with Brian Callahan yeah. at the helm. So I love it for the Titans. Kind of taking a different approach here. Going after a play caller, maybe instead of the culture locker room guy yep. like a Mike Vrabel. So you know, a lot of these teams like this, you know, culture and you uh, like this move. You know, it's it kind of feels like you're either hiring a culture guy or a play caller now. The difference between that is you know, uh, a, a, a Shanahan, a Mike, uh, a, a Matt Lafleur uh, versus a Dan Campbell or Mike Vrabel. So you. you Deshaun McVay's, those are play callers. Or you go Mike Vrabel, Dan Campbell, they're a locker room guy. So you're seeing this shift, and it's either or, in my opinion, when it comes to hiring guys. And, you know, and Antonio Pierce, that's a locker room guy. You know, he's going to hire yeah. good coaches around him to build that, the systems when it comes to offense and defense. But, you know, the locker room just loves him. And, you know, we're yeah. starting to see more of those guys get hired, but this obviously is a, a play caller's move. They kind of trying to shift the narrative, shift the culture around there, which I don't I don't personally hate. I think this – I like to see change. If you're going to make change, if you're going to move on from Mike Vrabel, move on from him fully. Let's get a, a different culture, different, you know, moxie, different kind of a, a system in the building. So – I like mm-hmm. the move. I like the move. Obviously, like I said, the 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 offense for the Bengals has been pretty impressive over those last few years. You know, you got some Super Bowls, and I don't even was he the offensive coordinator then? I can't, I couldn't tell you actually. But um, I don't think he was. Pause real fast. Joel Embiid's got fifty six points through three quarters. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah. He's playing Wimby, right? They're playing San San Antonio. Yeah, I think he's like thirteen shy of, of the seventy sixers uh, single game record. Oh my gosh! Jeez, man. Jeez. Yeah, 13 shot breaking 76 or single game record. Yep. Golly. That's Jason Wilt Chamberlain right there, son. Jason Wilt. <laughs> Jason Wilt. We're chasing Wilt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Bengals when they made the Super yep. Bowl, but as you Wait, I, I you like know, the way you Super say Bowl it. They need champion. to play caller type of mm-hmm. they need to play caller type of guy. And I feel like this will make the offense a little bit more explosive as well will levis is i don't think will levis right now is that pocket passer type of guy that joe burrow is who can scramble around when needed will levis wants to get physical will levis wants to wants the ball in his hands yep so i feel like this is going to be uh a way 
there's going to be a transition into a new era for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I feel like getting Derrick Henry out will suck, but ultimately in the in the long run, it will help you out with cap space a lot more, so you'll be able to add a lot more pieces around Will Levis and that defense as well. Yeah, he uh, so he was not on the uh, he was he was the offense. He's been the offense coordinator since nineteen. Um, he uh, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos well, when they won it in the fiftieth Super Bowl. So he's got some Super Bowl experience. He's been around the block for a while. Um, um, so shout out, love to see when these young young guys that you know took their time and been around the league get a chance to kind of lead a team. So shout out to Brian Callahan. I know the Saints brought him in for an interview for the offensive coordinator job. So. Um, to see him get his opportunity elsewhere as a head guy. Hey, I'm glad we at least brought him in for an interview. So, shout out to the Saints. <clears throat> Desperately need a guy that can actually call offense. <laughs> um, but, yeah, shout out. Titans got a good guy there, it seems like. So, um, making the first big move when it comes to these free agents and coaching. Speaking of coaches that people wish they were fired, Mike McCarthy has been hit with a lot of media CDM and you know, I wish we had. I've been seeing it a lot lately, man. Oh, man. And you know, I'll hop right on this yeah. one, man. I mean, I don't feel like they should get rid of him. Yes, consecutive twelve and five seasons and not getting close to a championship is not the best look. But would you rather go twelve and five for four consecutive seasons, or would you rather be like the Panthers, the Bears, go three and fourteen and have a high draft pick and not even come, like not even sniff the playoffs, more or less a conference? realistic and i know ethan would you know contradict me and just you know probably wouldn't agree with me and that uh, him being the cowboys fan i understand that but i look at it as like you know i wouldn't i don't think it's really mike's fault fully i don't fully feel like it's mike mccarthy's fault of where the cowboys are i feel like there's other things and one of the biggest things is jerry jones being the owner of this damn team jerry jones I don't like I don't like Jerry Jones being the owner of the Cowboys anymore. I don't feel like he's doing the right things for this team to get them where they need to be. And I know he thinks he has the best interest for this team, but where have they gone the last few, where have they gone since you've been the owner? Nowhere since they've won their last Super Bowl in 95 and you were st- like you were the owner then and they they won a Super Bowl. Where have they been since? Wild card rounds, play. they've been to the playoffs, but they haven't sniffed it. Mike McCarthy has been one of the only head coaches I've seen consistently bring winning seasons back to the Cowboys. They need to get over that hump, and one of the humps is Dak Prescott. I don't think Dak Prescott's that guy. Ooh. I don't think Dak Prescott's ah. that guy at all. I'm sorry. There's been a, There's a lot of hype around him. I understand the Cowboys were undefeated at home, that they uh, that they had one of the best – they had the best offense in the league – but when it comes down to the big moments, it doesn't feel like that Dak can get it done. I don't feel like that's the case. CJ uh, CD Lamb suddenly just disappears out of nowhere. You you don't I don't I never I didn't hear his name called that much during the Packers game. The defense fell off. I mean, it's not all on Mike McCarthy and what he has to do for the as a head coach. It has it starts with ownership, and Jerry Jones is one of the biggest problems for this Cowboy franchise. I don't think they should get rid of Mike, and I agree. And I like that they're keeping him back for this season, but they have to see some major changes on their own uh, on Jerry Jones' side of being the owner, and that's getting more people into this franchise to make them a lot better into being a championship franchise because they're close, man. They are close. I believe. I mean, I've heard so many Dallas Cowboys fans tell me this year that it was their year, 
And I want, I, I mean, I just want to know, I was like, do y'all get t-shirts made of that? Like do Cowboys fans go out and just get t-shirts saying this is our year? Cause if you do, I'm sorry, not every year is going to be your year. I just don't feel like right now the Cowboys with the ownership that they have are going to be able to go win a championship. And I feel like they need to get rid of Jerry Jones. I think Mike McCarthy does a great job. I mean, I would rather have consecutive 12 and five seasons and, po- and making the playoffs rather than being where some of these other teams are right now and not in, not even in the playoffs and, you know, finding ways to get better players. So, no, I, 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 I like that they're keeping Mike McCarthy, give him one more season, and if it's the same result, then obviously get rid of him. But if you can get over this hump of just getting in the playoffs and not winning that first round, then Dallas can, Dallas can go and be a championship-caliber team. Yeah, man. I mean, I hear you. It, there's a lot of smoke, a lot of you know controversy when it comes to sure they kept him and who's in the fault. And man, you know, when it comes to Mike, I've always liked Mike. I've always thought he's a pretty good coach. You know, he's won a championship. Like it's hard to win a Super Bowl. So I, I've got respect for Mike McCarthy. My problem is with this team is there was a lot of weird vibes in that Packers game. You know, you know, with the Packers taking the ball first. First, you know, winning the toss, taking ball for a seven-minute drive, get a touchdown. It felt like immediately they let that impact them way too much. You know, CeeDee Lamb, like you said, barely heard his name during the game. The only times I heard it was when he was complaining on the field that he wasn't getting the ball or it was a bad pass. Or Michael Parsons didn't really have a good game. No, and it's just and, – and it's one of those things, man, like it's bigger than just the play calling for me. It's bigger than just, you know, what he says in the media. It's like – this team just felt like they had a lot of dysfunction this year when it came to the biggest moment. Like, it, there was no dysfunction. And then in the biggest game, all the dysfunction. Like, the defense has been incredible all year, and then they just absolutely shit the bed against the Packers. Like, And then you go undefeated at home the entire season and then find a way to just shit the bed against the Packers. Preach. It's It doesn't make any damn sense, man, when it comes to how this consistently happened. It just feels like they've got this feeling, this thought in their head that – it's impossible to win and they're always going to try and win this is football. These guys are not going out there to lose. I understand that, but how they play, how they look when they go out there every single week compared to the playoffs is an entirely different team. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of, Hey, what the heck's going on? CD lamb pouting on the bench. It's like Mike McCarthy had to talk to him after the first drive. It doesn't make any sense how this happens. How does Mike McCarthy allow this to happen it's a culture thing so that's one thing i don't like about mike mccarthy but like i said this is gonna this the blame's gonna be dished everywhere like the defense was absolutely atrocious the defensive plan was horrible couldn't stop jordan love couldn't get any pressure on him when you did jordan love found the wide open guys literally i think every single receiver for the packers was wide open and i get it that too, losing Trayvon Diggs is then massive. Then you got to add in Aaron Jones as well. Aaron Jones running the rock. I mean, yep. he looked unstoppable against that Dallas front seven. They looked like they. I don't think they ever. They barely got him in the backfield. He <laughs> always found they that offensive line opened up that front seven and just gave him a gateway to go into to get extra yardage. Dude, yeah, I mean, especially in the red zone. Yeah, he had one eighteen, three touchdowns. It's like, it's like I don't how to. How does this defense that's been hyped up all season talking about Dan Quinn should have taken a head coach? He could have taken a head coaching job. He's a head coach as a defensive coordinator. And then the biggest moment, you can't you can't stop these guys. You can't even figure out anything when it comes to, you know, making the biggest 
moments, biggest plays and the biggest moments. And Dan Quinn has has and we've we've seen this consistently. Just choke, choke, choke. Can't mm-hmm. figure it out in the biggest moments. And yeah, you could throw Shanahan in there when it comes to this the, the Atlanta play calling or whatever. But he was the head coach. He was the head coach in that Super Bowl that lost that game. And now you see, you ring up, you know, freaking. What the Packers did to this team, what they rung up on them in the wild card round was 48 freaking points. So, I hear the Mike McCarthy stuff. I get it. I'm not the biggest fan of Mike McCarthy's culture and what he's brought to Dallas, but he has won there. And he has won at a lot of places. When it comes to Green Bay, they won a lot of football there. Won a Super Bowl. So, I don't think we should be putting all on Mike McCarthy. I genuinely do not believe they wanted to fire him. So, going into that game... Everyone talked about what has to happen for them to have to fire him. I feel like almost exactly happened for them to fire him, and they were just completely shocked by it. You allow 48 points. Yeah. The offense was anemic for most of the game. And then Talk shit. it was horrible. And then all of a sudden, get your asses beat pretty badly by a Packers team. That is genuinely pretty good. Jordan Love is a dog. But, like, I don't think they even had a thought about firing this guy. And then what no. happened happened. And then that conversation comes up. I get it. Like, I get it. You can't you can't allow 48 points in a playoff game. So I think more blame needs to be dished on the Dan Campbell. I think there's plenty to be dished on Mike McCarthy with his culture and how he you just say didn't Dan have, Campbell? I mean Dan Quinn. Sorry, sorry. Dan Quinn, um, their defensive coordinator. And then Mike McCarthy, he definitely deserves some of this flack for how this team just looks out of sorts from the beginning. They allowed yeah. One drive to impact the entire game, it felt like. And then, obviously, like you said, Jerry Jones has got – we've got to – he's got to make some changes. I don't know what it is. I would love to see one it's season – either he makes changes or he's got to go, bro. Yeah, I mean, I just would love to see one season where Jerry Jones was not the face of the Cowboys. Just stop doing this radio show you do every week. Stop making these post-game appearances like you're the most important person to talk to after a win or loss. I, I would love to see him just go – incognito for an entire season and only time we see him is the beginning of the season and the end of the season no matter where it happens it just feels like yeah this entire franchise has become a caricature of 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 jerry jones it's it's not just the cowboys it's jerry jones's cowboys and i get it yeah it's been like that for a while but like it's too consistent we have seen this too consistently this team come up short when they have too much talent and too much skill it's ridiculous. I don't know if you I don't think you should have fired Mike McCarthy. I would have I was shocked they didn't just because of how the game played out. I don't think you should have just because I don't really don't think they prepared for that. I don't think they prepared to fire Mike McCarthy. Who does when your coach goes 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5? Like we very rarely see coaches have an amazing season and then get fired. The only time I can truly remember in any sport was when mm. um Toronto Raptors got rid of their head coach, and he was the coach of the year. I can't even remember the guy's name right now off the top of my head. Yeah, I remember that. Nick Nurse. No, it wasn't Nick Nurse. They brought in Nick Nurse for the guy. Um, oh, wait, no. Oh, my God. It's going to hurt my brain. I got to look it up. Mm. Um, Raptors. Raptors. Head coach. What was that, 2018? 20, no, that was... Like 2016? It's 2019. Casey. Dwayne Casey. They fired Dwayne Casey. Yeah, there it is. They fired Dwayne Casey after winning coach of the year for the Raptors after LeBron toe happened. He, you know, LeBron being LeBron. Shout out LeBron. Uh, right there. 
<clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's very rarely we see these coaches have great seasons and get fired. So I don't think it was a thing they thought of, so I don't love the idea of firing them. You got to get rid of Dan Quinn. Either he gets hired somewhere else as a head coach, sorry to that team if that's the case, or you just let him go. You got to change something because this defense, Yeah. Trayvon Diggs is a massive piece. I get that, but he shouldn't have. They shouldn't have paid that bad in the secondary losing Trayvon Diggs. No, it been all no, season. you shouldn't have that many wide open wide receivers yeah. downfield, bro. It's ridiculous. So, like, um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that getting rid of Mike McCarthy would have just fixed this entire team. So keep them. If they suck next year, then you get rid of them. But um, all right, CDM, let's keep this thing rolling. Let's uh, let's talk about another guy, another coach that was supposed to be fired. Apparently, and everyone want to be fired. After, you know, their meltdown this season. But they do move yeah. on from their defensive coordinator. The Eagles fire Sean Desaia. He has had a lot of controversy surrounding him. But it also includes, hey, why not Why not get rid of Nick, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Nick Sirianni, you know? Let's get rid of Nick Sirianni after he got you to the freaking Super Bowl last year. This coaching carousel, these fans want to get rid of coaches so fast. And I'm a saint. I want to get rid of Dennis Allen. I'm not going to act like I'm some, you know, some guy that was not part of this crowd that wants to get rid of their head coaches, but it's different. Like, this team made a Super Bowl. So, CDM, give me your thoughts on those rumors because he's not being fired, but did you believe him? Did you agree with him? Why? Like, why would you want to fire him? Like, I mean, you just got to a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, that's so stupid. That I mean, first off, Philadelphia fans are stupid. Philadelphia <laughs> fans are the worst fan base besides the Cowboys. Sure. I mean, they're stupid. They don't know what they want, okay? If they don't go if they don't go to an NFC championship or they don't make it out of the first round of the playoffs, they want to call everybody's name out and they want everybody's head. I mean, I don't understand what the problem is. Yes, does Nick Sariani like have an attitude problem and does he bring like some of the best attitude towards people? No. I mean, it showed from the Kansas City game where he yelled at all those Kansas City fans. I mean, nobody liked that, but it's just the way he coaches. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't have to – but nobody should be calling for this man's name after he just made a Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl slumps happen, man. Super Bowl slumps are real. We've seen people go through Super Bowl slumps. You shouldn't call for the man's name after just one ba- – after another bad year. Not consecutively, just one bad year where you just it, – it wasn't your year. You weren't ready for it. The, I mean, after you go 10 and one and then you go one and six the entire rest of the season, that's not, I mean, that falls on him, but that also falls on the players as well and the coaching staff. I mean, you just saw they fired the defensive coordinator after having all these amazing defensive players. You draft Jalen Carter, you have Jordan Davis, uh, you have Brandon Graham right there, you have uh, big play Slay in the secondary with other young but capable people in the secondary as well to help him out. I mean, why call for the men's name? I don't believe the rumors. I don't believe it's going to happen. I believe that the Eagles just got hit with a really bad, a really big Super Bowl slump. So, no, I don't believe that Nick Sirianna should be fired from the Eagles. I believe that, you know, some things need to be looked into to make sure this, this type of season never happens again, to make sure another second half of this year's season where they just went one and six through their games, that doesn't need to happen again. But they need to go out. I mean, there's no need to call for this man's name. Everybody needs to calm down about it. Okay, it's football. It's how it happens. Nick Sirianni should not, his job should not be in jeopardy because of just one bad season 
and a playoff loss. It's not fall. I mean, it falls on him, but it doesn't fully have to fall on him in general. I mean, there's other people that are around this organization that have to do with the players and how they play, including the players themselves. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, it's very similar to Mike McCarthy. I think it's worse because he's been to a Super Bowl. They started 10-0. and I know the fall-off was horrendous, but there was a lot of like, – this team lost both of its coordinators, man. That's hard to bounce back from. Their offensive coordinator and their defense coordinator, and both of them look like they're going to be great coaches. So it's like, mm-hmm. man, we need to – like, it's hard to bounce back after losing coordinators, man. Like, especially those guys. Those They were very good coaches. I think, you know, Yannon, I know it wasn't beautiful for – the Cardinals, but I do believe that the Cardinals will be good with him. And obviously, you know, with Indianapolis, I'd love what they're doing over there. And, you know, it's interesting, man. I I don't know, man. Like, I didn't believe them to start with. I did not believe them at the beginning. Like, I just – it didn't make sense. Things got a little heated. And then I was like, well, I mean, maybe. But, like, the only reason you do that is if you get a better coach, right? Very similar to Mike McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, if you're going to fire this guy, are we going to get somebody better? Are we genuinely going to get somebody better? And how many coaches are better than, you know, a Super Bowl appearance? All right, Bill Belichick, obviously. All right, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. What? G- Jim Harbaugh? All right. you have a, If you have a chance at him, cool. But if you do you genuinely think you have a chance at him? What? Mike Vrabel, is he better than Nick Sirianni? I mean, yeah. Vrabel hasn't made a Super Bowl. You know, and then you get in some uncharted territory. It's tough. Like, all right, like are you genuinely going to find a better coach? So it's like, I didn't believe it. And then I started thinking about it and it didn't make any more sense than that. So, um, well, another thing to me is just like, if you're going to fire a head coach, shouldn't you already have somebody like in your back pocket that you're thinking about? There you go. Not going into the off season, worrying, trying to figure out who your next head coach is going to be after you just fired a guy who took you to a Super Bowl a year prior. Mm. Like, I mean, it made, like it makes no sense to me of why they want to fire him. It's just Philadelphia being Philadelphia. Mm. They're crying. They're big, they're big tits about it because they're not where they want to be. They're in Cancun right now with everybody else, okay? It's not that big of a deal, okay? I promise you, Nick Sirianni is not going to have a season happen like this again. Because if he does, then obviously, yeah, then you have concerns about firing him. If he does, but I don't feel like he is. I feel like they're going to come back next year and be the Philadelphia Eagles. We projected them to be this year with the defense that they should have had. I mean, their defense was their their defense is loaded it's with loaded. so much talent, bro. It's loaded, but they got cooked against the Bucks. So there's a lot of things. Getting rid of defensive coordinator Desaia is a good start, I think. Getting rid of these guys. And speaking of a team that didn't fire their coach, that you know, as a fan base, as the Saints, you know. Repping the South, but, you know, didn't get rid of Dennis Allen. There was a lot of rumors about that as a possibility. They shut those down, and he's going to be coming back next season. Did get rid of Pete Carmichael. Love that. This gets some change. But um, I'll start us off here. You know, does Dennis Allen deserve another chance with the Saints? Deserve is a strong word. I mean, I feel like you got to win to deserve it. And he got more wins than he did last season. So, 7-10 to 9-8. Improvement. All right. All right. But Dennis Allen has never been a great coach, so it's hard to defend, man. It's hard to defend it. But I understand Dennis Allen brought in Derek Carr. If you get a new head coach, do you get rid of Derek Carr? So I understand running it back. It's changed some things up. The defense was still pretty good. Defense is still pretty good. You got to get a pass rusher. Got to get a guy to replace Cam Jordan because that dude's just picking up cardio at this point. Love Cam Jordan, one of my favorite players, but he's getting washed. And, 
you know, at the end of the day, um, all right, that's all I can say is like, all right, Dennis Allen's back. Am I excited? Not really, but he's our coach. You don't sound excited. I'm not excited. There's nothing exciting about Dennis Allen. There's zero things to be excited about when it comes to Dennis Allen. Only thing that makes me excited is it's a prove it year. Like he's either staying because we make the playoffs, win our division, or he's gone because we didn't win the playoffs, get to the playoffs, or win our division. So no matter what, we're going to see either or. We're either keeping this guy because he's the guy or we're getting rid of him because he's not the guy. So as a Saints fan, that's one thing to be excited about. Do I love it? I genuinely don't know how to feel about it. So, um, <laughs> genuinely. A lot of mixed feelings going on right now. Got a lot of mixed feelings. A lot of mixed feelings about this one. So, um, I love to see that, you know, they're not being dumb about it, though. We're not in a great salary cap spot. We're the, one of the oldest teams in the league. If you're going to make a move, it would have been probably this year. But it feels like who would want to coach the Saints? Who who would want to come coach this team Cap space is absolutely terrible. Got an older quarterback that you didn't bring in. That's taking a lot of money, a lot of salary cap situations, you know, older team. I mean, it's a team that who wants to take it? Bill Belichick's not taking this team, you know. Mm-mm. Would Vrabel come in? Uh, maybe. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh's definitely not coming. So it's like, all right, all right. I'm not a fan of it. Dennis Allen's got to prove something because he's not one anywhere he's been, but – Winning season this year got better. Give him another chance. I'm here for it. I'm a saint forever, so no matter what, I'm going to be supporting him. I just hope we get a great offensive coordinator that can, you know, modernize this offense because it was the most – there's a stat, CDM. Miami fan, you should feel good about this. You'll have the most innovative offense this season. The Miami Dolphins did. Number one innovative offense. The Orleans Saints was dead last by a lot. No motions. No pre-snap, you know, movement, nothing. You know, they're not showing anything. So, uh, we got to get a new guy in. I would love the passing game coordinator for the Rams. He's been rumored there. Um, Some other guys, the quarterback coach for the Texans, would love to see him maybe get an opportunity with the Saints. So, um, just give me someone in the Shanahan tree, please. It's obviously the best offense in the league. Just give me someone in that tree, and I'm happy. So, um, CDM, I'll send it to you. I imagine not much more to say about it, but Dennis Allen, does he deserve another season? How do you feel about that coming back to the Saints? Uh, You know, it was weird to see it happen just because the biggest fire that I wanted to see was Pete Carmichael being gone. Just atrocious offensive coordinator, especially with all the pieces that he had around him. Derek Carr being the veteran quarterback that he has. Mm -hmm. I mean... It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I get it. It's, it's tough. The same situation's a tough situation. You are in a tough situation, but obviously, obviously, if oh my god, yes, please, oh my god, please, oh my god, but yes, um. I believe that I don't believe he deserved one more season. I thought this season he couldn't get it done with Derek Carr. It's somebody else's turn to try and get that job done with him. What are you doing, dog? Um, but other than that, I don't really have much to say. You kind of summed it up all for me. You being the Saints fan, you obviously know a lot more about your franchise than I do. Um, but I mean, give it one more season. As everybody says, give it one more season. If it doesn't plan if it doesn't pan out like everybody wants it to, then we need to part ways. Yeah, I agree. Last season, we got to see what happens. Either he's staying or going. All right. 
All right, who that who that Saints all the way. All right, see you. <laughs> Let's get this one over with. Rapid fire coaching, uh, coach landing spots predictions. As we got only one, two, three, four, five left now. All right, only five left here, and uh, I'll tell you, man, running out of spots for these coaches to go. And yeah, for real. CDM, I'll, I'll lay out the groundwork and I'll let you go. Opening spots. Oh, first of all, what do we got? The GM for the Carolina Panthers was hired, right? What's what's his name? What was it? Dan? What was it? Uh, I don't have it on. Dan screen. Morgan, I got I it. Him. Yeah, Dan Morgan. There it is. There yeah, go. first round. He was a first round pick for him. Played seven seasons. Played seven seasons, and then uh, the last three seasons he was in the front office. Wow. Yeah, he's a former first round pick by him. That's actually kind of cool. I I actually don't hate that. You know, kind of bringing. I a like guy that. That's I, been in the building before. Yeah. Yeah, he knows what he knows what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, so uh, just want to show that for the Carolina Panthers fans out there. So they got the Magium in the building, but CDM, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, Los Angeles Chargers, Seattle Seahawks, and the Washington Commanders are some opening coaching spots. CDM rapid fire. Where you got these? Where you got these franchises going? What coaches are they going to? So, got you right here, Falcons. I get them. Got him getting Mike Vrabel. I like right. it. I think he brings a different culture to that place as well. Panthers, I got Brian Johnson, you know, offensive coordinator for our, uh, from Philly. feel like he can get a new spot down there. It'd be a nice, fresh start for him as they well, getting like Bryce they Young. They did not like him with the Eagles. I'll tell you that much. They did not they like did him. They did not, but I think I think the Panthers would be happy to have him, especially with the young uh, young crowd that they have down there in that organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't want to coach Bryce Young? I mean, it's That's generational true. talent. Uh, Chargers, I have them getting Jim Harbaugh. I feel like he does leave Michigan. I think that the Chargers getting him with Justin Herbert would just be a match made in heaven for all of them. So Chargers getting Jim. Seahawks go to get Dan Quinn. I know a lot of people, including Red, did not like Dan Quinn. Obviously, you just said that he's not a head coach right now. But I believe the Seahawks would give him a better start, give him a – uh, a better team, to, uh, another team to work with, who also has a good defense on that side, and also good offensive players as well. And then the Commanders, and a lot of people are, think of this as a shock. Some people may think of this as a shock. I think they go out and get Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Belichick with the Commanders. You know, I don't think Bill's going away from coaching anytime. I think the Commanders getting him, they have the offense because Bill Belichick has never had like some good wide receivers in his coaching career. You have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and uh, Jahan Dotson out there. You have Brian Robinson in the backfield. You have uh, Logan Thomas at your tight end, and then you have Sam Howell as your quarterback for the moment unless the Commanders – hey, get out of there. Unless the Commanders want to uh, go out and draft a quarterback in this year's draft, but I feel like Bill would bring, and plus the defense on that, uh, the defense for that team could be something great too. And he's such a defensive-minded coach, so I think the Commanders getting Bill Belichick would be a good play. Yeah, man, I like those spots. Bill Belichick's an interesting piece because he's only interviewed for the Atlanta job, apparently. So, um, imagine him doing more due diligence. But I have been hearing the Commanders are going to be trying to reach out to him very soon. So, I mean, today was the first time you get in-person interviews. So. Um, we're going to be seeing some guys on the move as we already did today with Brian Callahan. So, um, for me, yeah, Atlanta, I got to go Bill Belichick, even though I hate it as a Saints fan, it feels like they really want him. you know, with all the work they're going in to interview him. They've interviewed a lot of guys though. So Atlanta's, it also feels like Atlanta's doing their due diligence. You're bringing in every single candidate they could possibly bring in, but it feels like 
with Bill only reportedly reportedly only talking to the Falcons at this point. Obviously, that could change. He probably talked to some teams today, but um, for me right now, Bill Belichick, go into that team that's got a lot of players. All you need is a quarterback. You're in a position where you could either get a quarterback in the draft or you could trade that pick for a guy. So not a bad spot to be in if you wanted to go to a team that could, you know, win that division. I mean, the South is not a great division. We saw that this year, and, you know, can the Saints win that division? The Bucs, can they come back next season? Panthers feel like they're a couple years away, so um, – it's a wide open division, so I would get why he would wouldn't mind coming to the Falcons, with the Panthers. Uh, I'm gonna go Bobby Slowick, coordinator from mm-hmm. the Texans. He, man, he, wow, what he did with that offense and C.J. Stroud. I mean, wouldn't it be kind of crazy for him to go to the Panthers and get to coach Bryce Young? You know, the guy, yeah, technically, reportedly that they wanted over there with the Texans, but um, we're okay once you know the Panthers jumped ahead to take him. So um, it would be interesting. I wonder if Bobby Slow liked him a lot in the draft process, if he was a part of that team when it comes to the Texans that liked Bryce Young when the draft process was happening. Um, makes sense, even though Panthers' job, Bryce Young is an awesome piece to be able to coach, but there's a lot of a lot of holes on that team. It's not a very desirable yeah. job, so I don't think a, a veteran would go there. So like you kind of alluded to as well, get a younger guy, a guy that hasn't been a head coach yet to kind of maybe turn this thing around. Um, plus, Tepper, he's not going to get a Bill, Bill Belichick. He's going he's to want to get a guy that mm-hmm. he can keep under his thumb, this owner. Not a big fan of him. But, um, yeah, Bobby Slowick, Los Angeles starters, not going to Jim Harbaugh. I just think that's a, almost a done deal at this point. Makes the most sense. Yeah. CL Seahawks, I got Mike Vrabel laying in there. They need a culture shock. Ooh, they need a change. They I need like a change that. of their sh- culture and, you know, like you said, it their defense and offense has great players, but offense has played good. The defense they can't stop the run. Let's bring in a guy that you know Mike Vrabel is a defensive guy, and he can turn that around. Yeah. And it's not the players; like they've got good players. It's more about they just need a culture shock. They need something that can maybe, maybe a guy that can motivate them a little bit more. Even though Steve Carroll, I mean uh, um, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, I would run through a wall for him. Maybe it was just a, a situation where. Let's just get a little bit of a change in here. If you're getting rid of Pete, Pete, it's bringing Vrabel. It's an interesting decision. I, I mean, if you're getting rid of Pete, might as well go after uh, a play caller. But I feel like Mike Vrabel is gonna he's gonna run into a situation where there's only a few jobs left, and I think the Seahawks would be willing to bring him in. Washington yeah. Commanders, I got them getting Ben Johnson from the Lions. I think what he's Ooh, done with that offense is very similar to Sloic, and you know, the Commanders. That's an f- interesting job, you know everything changing with the ownership and everything. And, you know, do they have a quarterback? Is Sam the guy? We'll see. But with Ben Johnson, you'll find out immediately if that's your offensive, if that's your head coach, if Sam's the guy, if he wants to move on. So that's my, you know, that's my landing spots for some of these coaches, CDM. All right. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to take a little break. We're going to give you all a little bit of something here, and then we'll be right back to give you all the NFL draft preview as well as game picks. So see you in a sec. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As we were taking that break, we had some big, big things happening in the NBA. The association records being broken for a franchise, the 76ers. Let's take a look here. Joel Embiid dropping 70 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists. Shooting 24-41, 21 rebounds. I mean, free free throws there. I mean, holy smokes. What a game. What a game. What, what a game for the big man. 
unbelievable, unbelievable performance there. So, um, but we're not talking about the NBA. We're not talking about all that. We are talking about the NFL still. And we're going to give a little bit of an NFL draft preview here to remind y'all. The draft podcast will be out soon. College King slash the Pound Perspective draft podcast will be happening after the NFL season concludes, after the Super Bowl. So keep a lookout for that. We're going to be dropping all kinds of great content for that podcast. But kind of give you all an idea how we're feeling before we do this pod. Let's look at some of our top five picks this draft. Super early top five draft picks. Um, we did allow ourselves to make trades. I didn't get crazy. CDM said, trades? We're making trades. So, uh, <laughs> We're making trades. Baby. CDM so, put on the uh, GM hat. G- CDM put on the GM uh, hat. D- you know, all right there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, hey, lead us GM, CDM. What, did, uh, what was your top five picks here uh, in the NFL draft? Well, technically, Chicago does have the first overall pick from that pick that Carolina traded them. But I don't have Carol- I don't have Chicago having the first overall pick. I have a team trading up to get a quarterback that they want that they just hired a new head coach and to start a new, just a new slate of this team. I have the new England Patriots trading up to the first overall pick to draft Caleb Williams was the first overall pick. Next up, I have the Washington commanders staying with that second overall pick. And I have them going after Jaden Daniels. Mm. They're going to draft Jaden Daniels. I believe they do that. Um, I believe Jaden Daniels is the second best quarterback coming off this board. I know Drake May, everybody has him going second, but Jaden Daniels' game and Drake May's game, obviously they differ. I feel like Jaden Daniels brings a little bit more to the table. At number three, I have the Bears trading back from New England well, with New England to get Marvin Harrison Jr. You've heard it right first, boys and girls. They're keeping Justin Fields into the windy city of Chicago. And they're getting him some more help on the outside. They're going to get MHJ Marvin Harrison Jr. to come and help that Bears offense go upward and onward to better, bigger and better things. At number four, originally was the Arizona Cardinals. But I have another team trading up into the top four, which would be the New York Giants going into the top four to go get Drake May as their franchise quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Daniel Jones, Daniel Trash can. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. It's a, it's four years, $160 million, time and money just wasted, just looking like it. But I have the Giants trading up to get uh, Drake May. And then at number five, the Chargers hold that pick, and I kept the Chargers at number five. They will go and get Joe Alt. You know, when Jim Harbaugh gets that job in, in L.A., he loves his offensive lineman. You know, you saw what he did at Michigan. So I, I, I assume they want to go get more protection for Justin Herbert, better than they did last year. Because last year the Chargers' offensive line just fell apart. There was nothing left. Joe Justin Herbert kept getting hurt, and uh, Joe Alt would be another great guy to put on that offensive line to start a new culture and to get that offensive line back where it needs to be. So, yeah, I love it. Hey, I went a little crazy, dude. Respect them because the trades you make make sense. You know the Bears are going to stick I with. Mean, yeah, yeah. If I feel the like Bears they make kind of sense. Fields man. makes sense. Giants seem like they're going to want a quarterback. Jaden Daniels, Drake May's out there, so I, I respect it. I like what you did there. I like what you did there, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate yes, it. What you got for me, Nick? Yeah, so I, I went a little calm. I didn't. I wasn't making trades yet until we see these combines and everything. But like I said. Very smart on those trades if they were to happen. I'm staying calm. No dra- trades here, even though we're, we're definitely going to see trades, as we always do. 
Um, top five, it's interesting. I'm sticking with the Bears at number one, and I do have them taking Caleb Williams. It just feels like they're going to be trending toward this direction as there's combine, as there's pro day. It's more than just Justin Fields' ability. Justin Fields is an incredible player, I think, and he will be a good starting quarterback for a long time. Money is a factor here, and I think the Bears are okay with you know taking a rookie contract again and not having to pay the money that you're that Fields is going to be due soon. So um, they're going to try and reset the clock when it comes to the payments on their on their cap hit. So Caleb Williams at number one for the Bears for me. Number two, number two quarterback as well in my class, Jaden Daniels going to the Commanders. If I think Ben Johnson also lands there, I think that's a perfect match for them too, even though Jaden Daniels is not Jared Goff. Ben Johnson is a hell of a coach and a hell of a coordinator and a play caller to adjust his system that will fit Jaden Daniels. So I would I think it's a match made in heaven. Young, young. It, it feels like yeah. D'Amico, you know, D'Amico Ryan vibes, rookie coach, rookie player, could maybe, you know, see this thing take off number two pick as well. So, um, Commanders at two, taking Jane Daniels. Number three, I got the Patriots holding strong here. They need a quarterback. They're going to go get them one here with Drake May at number three. I like Drake May a lot. Ooh, he's like a that. he's a great player, man. And, you know, there's some plays that he makes in college that he won't be able to make in the NFL, but there's plays that he makes that make you just, just like, wow, this guy has been really good for a long time. And he is I think he is as as advertised. I think all three of these top three guys are very, 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 very good. I think one, two, three is quarterback. The order will be determined via trade sooner rather than later. No. Um, number four, the Cardinals holding strong here, and they get Kyler Murray a weapon. I think they also keep Kyler Murray. I think that's a big conversation. Do they keep Kyler? I think they should give him another chance. He drafted this guy pretty early. Marvin Harrison Jr. will help that as he is an absolute weapon. MHJ, Martavius Marvin. It is happening. He will be a Cardinal. Well, I'm going to probably trade there and change that pick later on. But that's what I'm going to do right change now. That. Yeah. I'm gonna, it'll probably change. We'll see trades and stuff. But right now, I got Martavius Marvin going to the Cardinals. Number five. Chargers, they could make weapon, make a move at a weapon. Would not be surprised if they maybe pull a trigger on a Malik Neighbors here. You got aging a receiver room, even though you had some guys step up. Johnson did not look like. I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but I think they, I think they play it smart here. Jim Harbaugh, like you said, if they get him, when they probably get him, he believes in the trenches. You go and get something, somebody that will absolutely dominate the trenches and. I don't know if he's my number one offensive lineman, but as of this second, I'm going to hold strong here with Joe Alt just because I think that's a fit thing rather than him being the best offensive lineman on the board. I do love Penn State's Olu, but um, I'm going to go Joe Alt here at number uh, number five for the Chargers. So that's my I super, like super early top five picks in the NFL draft CDM. I like that. I like that. Three quarterbacks going off first. It could be in different orders, though. Who? It just depends. It, it just depends, it, as you said, as in trades and what everybody needs going into the offseason. 100%. 100% agree. And, oh, a list of quarterbacks Brian Callahan has worked with. Peyton Manning, M- Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, and Joe Burrow. So... He's been with some pretty good guys, pretty good guys over his career. I mean, Peyton Manning at the top of the list. I mean, good Lord. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So, 
Um, yeah. Hey, dude, did you see those rumors about the 49ers reached out to Tom Brady trying to get him out of retirement? Yeah, dude, I saw that today. I was, just, I, I, I didn't believe it. I, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, that that was weird, right? That was. Weird. I mean, we all knew Brock was going to be ready. Be- we all knew Brock was going to be ready before the season even started. So there's that's just a bunch of BS they're trying to blow up. A, a blow Apparently, up asses. he talked about it. Brock pro- talked about it though. Like they talked talk, talked to him about it. Yeah, like. He was said, I. Oh, this was like a legit thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he came out about it and talked about it, apparently. Oh, my God, dude. I swear to God, if Tom Brady would have came back for like five games, oh, in the 49ers, you know, try to get him to start. And they told him, like, but like, what if, but like, what if Tom just, you know, didn't skip a beat? Like, what if Tom just looked like Tom and just went out there and just balled? Even that system with those players, man. Oh my god, dude! That'd be the best team he's ever had on all, on the offensive side of the ball. That would be the best team he's ever had. It'd be just absolutely ridiculous. Oh my gosh! Pull, oh my hey, god! Hey, bring Brock well, Too with bad you. we never get to find out. Uh, you're right. You're right. All right, let's move on. Let's get this podcast over. We thank y'all all for watching and listening on YouTube and the podcast platforms out there. But we got to finish this thing up. We got to do score predictions, brother. It is time. Let's get into this thing. Championship weekend is on the horizon. It's Monday while we're recording this. We cannot wait for Sunday. Let's take a look at our first game, the NFC Championship game versus the 49ers and the Lions. 49ers. It's it's crazy, bro. The Lions are in the NFC Championship, bro. It's crazy crazy that we're having this conversation. Doesn't make sense. Not not even trying to diss on Detroit, bro. It's like I've never seen them in an NFC Championship game, so I don't really know – I mean, this 49ers team was there last year. I don't know. I I mean, it's big brother versus little brother right now. But, I mean, it's just – it's crazy, dude. I love it. It's awesome. I love it too, man. Six-and-a-half-point favorites are those 49ers coming into this game. That line will probably shift, I bet, in Lions' favor. We'll see how that goes. Money on so 49ers half. right now. 50-and-a-half-point favorites. That money line is obviously in the 49ers' favor as we, you know, as we keep looking at this. This is an interesting thing, man. I mean, there's there's a lot of when it comes to the tail of the tape as we give y'all a look at this as well here. Records the same, but offense, both of them, very good, very good. Then you look at the defense. That's where you see the biggest change when it comes to okay. Which team is a better team? The yeah, 49ers. 49ers have this shit locked down. Yeah, and the Lions defense, when it comes to statistics, it does not look great. You know, not a t- the turnover you margin look at is the zero. Turnover margin too. Yeah. My God, zero. So that's even. They don't get any or give up too many. So, um, not a horrible step. But when you look at plus ten for the 49ers, that's pretty pretty damn impressive. So, yeah, uh, CDM. This is a tough, tough match to to call. Both of these championship games are they all they sh- as they should be as they should be. But Lions, 49ers, the two best teams in my opinion in the NFC face off. Wonder what Red would think about that with the Cowboys. CDM, give me your thoughts <laughs> on this matchup. That tail of the tape does that does that sway your opinion in a different way than you're coming into the pod? No, it doesn't. I don't think it does. Uh, Detroit has been on a mission. Detroit has been on a complete mission to go the distance and show everybody like, hey, we're not just the average Lions team that you've seen year in and year out being bums, can't get anything done, don't have anybody, don't have the support that we need. 
I love the Lions, man. I'm right behind Dan Campbell. I'm right behind Jared Goff in this offense and what they can do. I mean, it's and Aiden Hutchinson as well. I, I got to throw my man out there. I mean, he. I mean, the dude's a baller. From being at Michigan to living in Detroit, like from living in Michigan to go play for the University of Michigan, and then you go second overall to your hometown state, and now you're a year later after your rookie year, you're going to play to go get in a Super Bowl. I mean, my decision will not sway at all. They've got grit. They've got that chip on their shoulder. And the 49ers, man, I mean, no disrespect to them. Obviously, they are the most veteran team besides the Kansas City Chiefs in this playoffs. They like the Kansas City and 49ers are the, have the most experience in these situations. So, obviously, it's going to lean towards the 49ers' favorite a little bit more. But the Lions, man, they always seem to surprise people. They've been seeming to surprise people all season long, and I'm expecting a surprise this Sunday when the Lions hoist the NFC Championship trophy to go to the Super Bowl. And it's going to happen. So with further, without further ado, I am taking the Detroit Lions to go play for a Super Bowl and to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, my gosh. Give you a score prediction there? I've got the score prediction to be just like the other games were, 27 to 24. Okay. We have very similar score predictions. And- but, but, but I'll throw a twist in mind, overtime. Overtime. Gotta have an overtime game, and I think this it's the night game. The the AFC Championship's the day game. This is the night game. What better way to end a like championship Sunday with an overtime thriller to go to a Super Bowl? Preach, preach. I love it. I love the prediction CDM there, man. This is so cool. You know, now when I was putting the graphics together, looking at these stats, it you know a little shocking. You know, points allowed and uh, yards per game allowed by the the Lions, but. I mean, I knew that the Lions statistically, defensively, hasn't been great. But when you watch the defense, you see a lot of dogs on that defense. Aiden Hutchinson, C.J. Mm-hmm. Gardner-Johnson, Alex Anzalone. You know, I mean, the kid that, that in the video that got his first his first pick. There's, Martinez. Yeah, I mean, there's some dogs on this team, man. And I love what they've built. I love this culture. And you know, with the 49ers... Can they get past this hump? That's the biggest thing. They've had time, they've had struggles when it comes to these big games. And last year, it's a whole situation that quarterback situation. Like no one's overcoming that. Sorry, like no one does. And would have been interesting to see if Brock played, but he doesn't, and they lose. And the 49ers have been trying to get back here. You know, they've made it to a Super Bowl with Shanahan and lost it with Jimmy. And you know, they've been trying to get back here. And this team has had so much hype, and everyone knows how talented they are. That's they. On paper, they should be the champs no matter what. It's not an on-paper game. That's why I love this game. Statistically, on paper, 49ers are supposed to be in this game. Grit, you know, the eye test, the Lions are supposed to be here. Which one wins? The analytics win or does the good old-fashioned NFL eye win here? I mean, it, it is a beautiful matchup. It's exactly what we deserve as, as fans. So when it comes to my prediction, I'm joining you, CDM. Give me the Lions to move on. Let's go. Let's go. First Super Bowl ever. It is time. This is, shout out to the back back of your show, the brand new, new Lions. Yes. This is the brand new Lions. It's the brand new Lions. We're eating kneecaps all day. Damn right. Damn right. It is time. It is their chance to do this. And they've got the team. It's not, this is not house money. This team can and should beat this team, in my opinion. They are so well, balanced, 
Offensively, the defense has stepped up when they need it. They've got players everywhere. Love Dan Campbell. It is their time. I know the 49ers, it's their time, too. They really need to get to a Super Bowl and win one. But, man, the Lions, I'm riding it. I'm riding this wave. It is their time. And see, like, you think of it like this as well. But that's the way I'm going to look at it. If both like this game determines on both quarterbacks for both teams. Can Jer- who's going to mess up first? Is it going to be Jared Goff or is it going to be Brock Purdy? And I feel like Jared Goff, being the most experienced quarterback in this game, who's been to an NFC Championship, who shouldn't have won, who has been to a Super Bowl, who shouldn't have been there, but still he's had that experience. Brock Purdy, second year, he didn't get to play the entire game. This is a whole new. Like this is the this is the ball game. Like if I'm looking, if I'm Brock Purdy, like this is my time. Like this is the ball game that I honestly need to win to go play for a championship. So it all depends on who messes up first and also comes with a coaching decision as well um, because Kyle Shanahan has been in these decisions. Dan Campbell, has this is his first, like he's getting a taste of it, like he's finally here. So it depends on who's going to mess up first by the quarterbacks and the coaching. Yeah, I agree. This is a coaching battle through and through. When it comes to my score prediction, it will say that too. Give me the Lions winning this one, 27 to 26 yeah oh my god a miss pat oh i think it's a made field goal made field goal for the win that's what i'm thinking ah uh, okay okay i got you defense got in you. the red zone here we go all right stadium that'll do it for our nfc championship game prediction now let's move on to the afc championship game ravens versus the chiefs they just get here in the ravens with their first chance with lamar jackson to make a super bowl we've talked about it it is here Three and a half point favorites are those Ravens. 40, 45 and a half is the over under money line, obviously, in the Ravens' favor. It's time to look at the tail of the tape as well here. CDM, Ravens 13 and 4, KC 11 and 6. These stats are even more interesting when you look at the points per game, yards per game. This is not the same old Chiefs. This is not the same old Chiefs. And look at those defensive stats. This is not the same old Chiefs. Even though that turnover margin mm. is absolutely atrocious for the Chiefs, but incredible. Dude, that's, oh, oh, oh man, I almost said it. That's disgusting. <laughs> that's 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 gross, man. It's bad. A negative eleven. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's oh bad. my god. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad, man. So. And then you got to look at the Ravens' yards, bro. Like three hundred and seventy yards per game. Mm. Oh my god. But yeah. then you have to look at their yards allowed. Kansas City's City's defense is not that bad. KC's defense has been really good this year. It stepped up, but then you got to look at Baltimore's defense. Like, I know it says that they allow that many yards, but I mean, if you just watch a game, man, you just look at that defense. Yeah, I mean, they're they're still top 10. I mean, this defense for the Ravens is legit, man. It's so good. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've got all the right pieces in all the right places. You're talking about quarterback. You got Marlon Humphrey, who is coming back for this game. He will hey, be back for the AFC hey, Championship. Mark Andrew. He's going to be back, apparently. Mark Andrew. Yeah. Oh, no. That's massive for the Ravens. And then, well, you have him and Isaiah Likely. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then you had Zay Flowers and Odell. And then on the defensive side, you have Patrick Queen, Roquan, I will. I'll add Jadavian Clowney down there too, because I mean he puts yes. his fair part in that game. And then you got Kyle Hamilton, Marlon Humphrey. I mean that team. I mean the team in general is loaded all around. Marcus I mean, they, is on the defense. It's like they are loaded, bro. The Ravens are the team, man. I'm telling you, the Ravens are that team mm. this year to get it done. Mm. Is that a foreshadowing to your pick here? 
I mean, I, I mean, I'll take it away real fast, man. I mean, as much as I respect Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I have his jersey hanging up right here, obviously. Um, you know, the next coming, like the next greatest football player ever. I mean, he's done so much. And it's always been between Allen and Mahomes, Allen and Mahomes, Allen and Mahomes. Now we get Lamar Jackson in his in his biggest game of his career against Patrick Mahomes and what he's used to being in. And I feel like it comes down to who wants it more. And obviously I know Patrick wants it, but Lamar Jackson has been waiting his time. He's been waiting patiently. He's done the work, and it's time for the Ravens to go back to a Super Bowl. And I think the Ravens get it done. I think the Ravens create turnovers. I think they lock down that wide receiver room and take away Travis Kelsey. I think they create pressure to get back there to Patrick Mahomes and not let him outside of the pocket because if you let him outside, he's going to find ways to create plays and move the ball downfield. But that defense has gotten it done. And then on the offensive side, you have to be able to shut down Lamar Jackson just by himself. You have to be able to stop the run game because their run game has gotten tremendously better throughout the entire season. And then you have Zay Flowers and Odell on the outside. And then add in Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. I mean, on the outside and right there on the edges where your tight ends, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's finally got weapons. He's finally got weapons. The years that he's been playing in the NFL, he's never had solidified weapons besides Mark Andrews. Now he's got a plethora of weapons to throw the ball to. So I'll just get to it, man. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. I'm taking Baltimore winning 31-21. to to go play the Detroit Lions in the AFC champ in the uh you know Super Bowl. I love it. I love 31, it. 21 Baltimore, Lamar Jackson over 100 yards rushing, 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. Oh my goodness, inter- I love it. One interception. One interception. Okay, I love it, man. Hey. Hard. I love the 10 points there. I'm pretty firm on the Ravens getting the job done and you know, I I agree. I think the Ravens get the job done in this one. They're just so damn good, man, with their the offense, I mean, this team a couple years ago, hell, a year ago, it was all about how they didn't have weapons, and now you just run down the team and be like, geez, this team's loaded. I mean, and if they didn't lose J.K. Dobbins, you know, I mean. Oh, dude, Mitchell, the team would be ten times better. You know, they lost their two top running backs. And, you know, now with Gus Edwards, who's still good, and, you know, Dalvin Cook, I imagine he's going to make some impact. He made a little bit of impact in the game uh, on on this, uh, this weekend, and, you know, this team with the linebackers, you laid it out, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Jadavion Clowney has a resurgence of his career late here. And, you know, the secondary is ridiculous. It's their time. It really does feel like it's their season. And I, I, I said it, I never pick, I never pick against the Chiefs. Like, I never do it. I think I'm doing it, man. I think I'm finally going to do it here. And I'm going to join the club, man. Man, it's just these Ravens Come are on tough. Home. These are tough. And we got a shout out, first of all. Red is not here. I wanted to shout him out. Red made his prediction for the Super Bowl was the <laughs> Ravens versus the 49ers, and he had the Ravens winning it all. So he's really close. His prediction is really, he's really close. super close. And if he gets it right, bro, um, oh, that's dude, preseason. That's preseason prediction. So, so yeah. hey, Red, shout out, shout out to Red there, getting this one down to the wire and. You know, I wish he was here to kind of comment on that. But I got the Ravens pulling through. I never bet against the Chiefs, but I'm going to do it here. And we're going to we're gonna go Ravens handling their business in an absolute classic Ravens game. Versus, 
It's the Super Bowl that America wants, man. It is. It's the Super Bowl that America wants and America needs it. We've seen the 49ers versus Chiefs, man. That's old news. Old. I need some yes. I need some new news stuff. I need new news. New news. And that new news is Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions going up against the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. You're damn right, son. You're damn right. Give me the Ravens 30 to 27. Another close match up. Oh my gosh. CDM, what a season. What a season. What a season, man. What a mm. season. It's It's been a ride, man. It's been a ride. Has been. Has Mm-mm. been. Wow, we really haven't got to cover as much as we wanted to, obviously, all y'all out there, but with the College Kings and, you know, schedules, it, it's been it's been a little bit of a trouble, you know, technical difficulties not being able to get read on and now today, but we're going we're gonna to get them on and we're going to be cute. We're going to keep giving y'all content next week and as we get to the Super Bowl, it's uh, it's crazy times, crazy times for the NFL and, and football itself as the season comes to an end. We thank all y'all that tuned in or watched in this episode, episode 44 of the Pound Perspective, keeping this thing rolling. It's been a minute since we dropped on here, but like I said, we've been dropping College Kings, so keep an eye out for that. We're gonna keep, we're gonna try and keep that alive as well. Me and CDM here, as you know, college basketball has taken off. A lot of losses in the top ten, and you know, baseball right on around the horizon, and. Like we said, March Madness, can't wait, for it. can't wait for it all. But right now it's the NFL. Right now it's the NFL, as well as the NFL Draft Pod that will be coming out very soon in tandem with College Kings. Subscribe, like, share everything with the Pound Perspective on social media and everything. Please subscribe to Nate Dog Productions. It's the only way you know we can we can know that we're growing and making more content for y'all. We love doing it. So CDM, as, as always, thank you, my brother. Thank you, sir, for letting me on the Pound Perspective. Always enjoyed it. You know, start, started right when we left. You know, we're yes. coming back. We'll be back next week to do the Super Bowl, project it. But, you know, we're gonna, we already know who's going to be in it. So we're ready for it. We're yeah. profits. We're going to be ready for it. You're damn right we're profits. We'll be back next week when the Ravens are facing off against the Lions. It's going to be KC versus the 49ers now. Nope, no, it's not. It's going to be Ravens versus Lions. It's not going to happen. Not going nope, to happen. It's not. I love it. Love the confidence. All right. Thank you all for tuning in to the Pound Perspective, episode 44, presented by Nate Dog Sports. We hope you all have an incredible day. Peace.